KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-KNML-
do not care. I don't care about you being an apologist for the team that your dad liked. The Buccaneers are like three plays away from beating them by 30. Yes. So, well, we won't talk about that, though. Yeah. No one will bring that up. That's not the talking no. point. And don't give the ball to Brady with 90 seconds left. That's another one to think Yeah, about. why didn't homeboy take a knee on the one? Hey, you know when that – Run that, a little clock out. You know another time that happened, 2001? You know what Tom Brady did with those 90 seconds? Went down the field, gave it to Adam Vinatieri. Vinatieri still kicking? Is he still in the league? I believe he's alive because that's the terminology usually used when you ask if someone is still kicking. Uh, alive and kicking. <laughs> it is 20 years to the day from the tragic events of September 11, 2001. Also referred to as Patriots Day. Not the 2016 motion picture about the Boston Marathon bombing. Not that one, Vital. 20 and years old. Within a year of that uh, date, 9-11, I got a call saying you're wanted in Afghanistan, Ugh. so I had to go. Sorry to hear that. I am very pro the United States of America. I'm very oppo war. I hate war. I hate war more than anything. I would put war as the number one thing that I do not like. Love America, though. Even ahead of green chili? They both make me sick to my stomach. <laughs> Uh, I think it's fun to kind of look back on important anniversary dates. Today is the 20-year anniversary, which I think is as significant as any anniversary can be. Sports was a big deal after 9-11. Like, immediately following 9-11, in my opinion, a lot of the healing of the nation, I think, was sports-based. Is that your guys' vibe post-9-11? Yeah, absolutely. The um, It seems like the country used sports to heal their wounds. That's how I felt. Yeah. And at the time, I was, how old am I in 2001? Sophomore in high school, so I'm 16. And junior in high school? I don't know how that math works out. But to me, I was very plugged into the sports world because I thought that was the end-all, be-all. I guess technically it's still my end all be all financially. But there was a couple like really big events, right? There was like later that week. So everything gets canceled except for something that I think was pretty significant. And I'll come back to that. So everything gets canceled that week. And then like the big welcome back was that Mike Piazza home run for the Mets. I can, I still get chills when I think yeah. about it. That was, that was like the big, big one. That's one of the loudest cracks of any bat in the mm -hmm. history of baseball. I would say George Bush, Game 3, 2001 World Series at Yankee Stadium, throwing out the first pitch. Just, And I'm talking like dead center of the pitcher's mound. Like strike three looking. Like, as good of a first pitch as you've ever seen. He's a baseball guy. He's a, Yes. That is without question. He set back the Rangers 20 years when he was president of operations, but he's still a baseball guy. I think those two are the big ones. Now, is there a football one, too? Is there a, is there a big jump out to you memory? Because I think the last one is Luis Gonzalez 
and arguably the greatest finish to a World Series ever, but that's baseball again. The bloop heard around the world? Yeah. Well, see, to me, football, their uniting factor was all of the patriotism involved in pregame rituals. Because that's when, you know, because Super Bowl used to only have flyovers for the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. You used to only do national anthem and the flag ceremony during the Super Bowl. But then it became every weekend. At every game. Every game. Honoring service members, you know, coming out of the tunnel mm-hmm. for the national anthem, doing flyovers at almost every game. New England Patriots winning that Super Bowl in January of 2022, that was a big one. Sure. I mean, 2002. Yeah, and two. If Tom Brady was still there, 2022. That one was a big one. They beat my St. Louis Rams, which is fine. Whatever. With then NFL MVP Kurt Warner, but that really has nothing to do with the story. That, to me, was a big one. The red, white, and blue. There's a lot of like conspiracy theories after that. Like The NFL rigged the Patriots season because the Patriots have been so bad for so long. <laughs> conspiracy theory, guys. Teams red, white, and blue, man. This seventh-round draft pick, Tom Brady, can't win a Super Bowl. It's rigged. I think he could. Prove that guy wrong. The the big one to me, and you know I kind of always go to pro wrestling because that's where my world was. Is, yeah. <laughs> was if you if you recall, which you do, everyone absolutely does. Nine Eleven was on a Tuesday, and then um, WWE would like shoot their Thursday night program on Tuesdays. So they would travel everyone. Monday was live. And then Tuesday was the same guys just to keep travel tight. Then they would air that on Thursdays for Thursday night Smackdown. So that night, if you remember major league baseball and flights and just everything was canceled except for professional wrestling did not cancel. So that Tuesday night in Chicago, Illinois, at I believe the Allstate Arena. They packed the house. So what's that, 18,000? And that to me, that Thursday night, because that was the first, like, at the time, you know, I consider pro wrestling a sport. And it was USA chants. And it was flags. And it was Stone Cold Steve Austin. And it was The Rock. And it was Vince McMahon. And it was all the biggest guys. Jim Ross and Paul Heyman. And that, to me, was the one where it was like, I felt different about being able to be distracted from the world. And that's when I was like, oh, you need sports. Like, you need sport for normality. So I know that one's not necessarily as significant as all the other ones are. But to me, personally, that was the one where I was like, like, after tragedy, there's still existence. And I think it's very important that, you know, not just for a, discre- a dis- air quotes distraction but for something to be proud of as an American citizen like, yeah. hey we're not giving in to terrorism we're going to go on as business as usual 
and um, see you next week in the desert because you mess with the wrong dudes. We're coming for you. So we're going to keep playing baseball. We're going to keep wrestling. We got football coming up this weekend. What you did to us is disgusting, but we're just going on as business as usual. Watch out. 20 years later. World of change. Let's grab a break. We get back. Uh, it's a lot more lighthearted moving forward. We're going to talk a lot of sports. We're going to have a lot of fun. We got cool guests today, Michael. We got a lot of them, okay? So for the listener, before we go to break, first at 9 o'clock, Vinny Bonsignor will be joining us. Vinny Bonsignor is the voice of the Raiders. And the Raiders. We are the official host of the Raiders launch party at Bourbon and Boots this Monday night, where the program will be live at 4 p.m. Come and hang out with your boys. Whoop, whoop. We're going to get Vinny Bonsignor's, uh, I don't know, just support. <laughs> Adam Young, broadcaster for the Mexico State Aggies, will join us at 9.30. We're going to preview, obviously, the rivalry game from the other, from the bad guys' perspective. Yeah. And by bad guys, I mean if you're a New Mexico State alum, that's actually perfectly fine. Root for the team you love because I love that you root for them. At 9.45, Sarah Regala will join us. Sarah Regala is my absolute best friend in the community who helps individuals, and I'm excited to have her on. She's the marketing and promotions director for Big Brothers Big Sisters Mountain Region, and they're doing a walk tomorrow. They're doing a 5K. So they're doing a fundraiser. They're going to come on and talk about that. And then super fun at the 10 a.m. hour, Ryan Tamari is going to join us for our NFL preview. Ryan Tamari of All in Autographs, formerly of the Lobo newspaper and the Journal and Channel 7 and all that stuff. So Everything except for this. He's Yes. So <laughs> Literally everything. And uh, he's excited to, to jump into this world. So we've got a lot of guests today. We're going to talk, uh, I'd say, 100% football, unless you feel otherwise. We're going to talk about Djokovic going first, fourth, possibly last most natural Grand Slam in the history of all tennis. I don't either. Hmm. You listen to Dave and Buster's Presents <laughs> ABQ Central live from the Talk ABQ studio, powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We're on the road. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. Connect with your boys in the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610. We're playing again with the I-9 Sports. We're having a drink. We're doing it downtown at Bourbon & Boots, 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program. You know, my, my recollection may have fooled me by telling maybe in Houston. It may not have been Chicago for that show. Long time, big dog. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, I, I don't even remember what happened 10 minutes ago. I walked into the studio 19 minutes ago, so there was that. I remember because you're such a big object. I saw this big turquoise <laughs> block in the other room. <laughs> Text the program, 505-246-0610. Uh, we're talking about the Aggies today. Uh, we're talking about the Lobos today. If you want to call and support your... Local alma mater, tell us about the big game, too. I love that. That's stuff I love, I tell. I love when callers call and are like, hey, I'm excited about my high school. That, to me, is really good radio. If you call the program and you're like, hey, I went to such and such high school and I'm excited about the big game, I'm like, yes. I've now become a fan of yours. I really, I also, like, I grew up, like, in a big city, but I grew up in, like, a suburb of a big city. When you would get the community to come out and be like, Hey, I'm volunteering at selling the tickets, and I'm doing the chili cook-off, and I'm doing the... I love all that stuff, that booster club stuff. Van stepped out for a moment, and when Van steps out, we bring in front of the show Tommy. Tommy, good morning. How are you? 
Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, time to truth back at you. Got a, a couple subjects I want to I want to talk about. Number one, wrestling to me is a sport, but it's what they call I call a predetermined sport right. because the ending is predetermined. Uh, they start they fly around the ring. They do stuff that, that is just pure magic. I call it almost acrobatic acting because there's also some acting in there as well. Shakespearean. And McMahon's not going to is not going to stop anything. He'll he won't stop a show for anything. Some there's some reasons. Like a few years ago, when uh, uh, I know you heard about the actor, it was one of the hearts that fell from the Raptors doing his little thing, you know, flying to the ring on the rope, and they don't do that no more. And he passed away, and that's a show that should have been canceled. He, he kept that show going. That was too much. But my man will keep it going no matter what because he's all about business. Um, the Cowboys dominated in every strategical category in the game, dominated the stats, turnover margin, and they still couldn't couldn't win that game, couldn't get it done. And the thing I'm curious about the Cowboys, and I don't believe in moral victories. Guess what? Moral victories don't win you Super Bowls or playoff games. Okay? No, win anything. They lost the game. They lost the game. They had opportunities to win the football game. Um, the thing that's concerning me, do they want to run the football anymore or they just want to go to just all passing? It's more as offense. It's just about throwing the football. You can go ahead and trade Zeke away so you can get something for him. Or can he run the football anymore? That's what I'm starting to wonder. What exactly is going on with the offense? Neither because team run the football. Teams don't run the football no more, Tommy. Dead. Like it, it's it is it is a wasted play, as we used to call it when I played Madden, to run the football. I think the I think right. winner for an error in it six pass, times. Then maybe you could trade them away, get some defense because we still need to help on defense. And the thing with running the football, what it does, it creates different situations for the quarterback to action pass, but it also wastes time off the clock. If they would have run the ball five more times in that game, five more times in that game, they would have run enough time off the clock that Brady wouldn't have enough time to come back in the end. And I'm still debating if they should have just went for it on fourth and six and just go for it because they weren't stopping Brady anyway. Instead, they kicked the field goal. Says everyone all, I'm yeah. thinking about just go for it. You can't. The defense is not stopping him. Brown was getting absolutely toast in the secondary. I think they completed like 80 80% of the passes against our corner, Brown. He was horrible. But, it's, it's again, sad to see that you dominate every stat. Dak played great. That was one of the one of the good things. He played so well. And you still lose the football game. And, you know, field goal kicker, you know, cost us four points, extra point in the field goal. But it, it's just these little things I'm seeing that tells me Dallas is just a good team. They're not that great team yet because they're not doing the little things to win ball games, And it's disappointing. And – Hope you guys are at the game today. This is my first Lobos game, so I'm going to. There you and go, hopefully brother. I'll be able to find you guys at the tailgate or something. I'm probably going to go 3 or 4 o'clock. You won't miss me because I will be the tallest guy there by heads. How and tall shoulders. are you? Uh, very insanely, uh, obnoxiously. So you will. You six, will eight, six, nine? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm about six and a half foot tall. But uh, but when yeah. I'm surrounded by New Mexicans, I look a lot taller. So, yeah. Tommy, Tommy, you I got a fun fact for you. Then. Tommy, I got a fun fact for you right here. Okay. You got there's a stat for everything, obviously, and you could cherry pick them. But in that Thursday night game, the Buccaneers mm-hmm. were the first team in NFL history right, to right, lose right. the turnover margin by at least three, right. have a hundred penalty yards, and allow four hundred and fifty yes. yards of offense and still win. The first time in the yep. history of football. That, that's what Tom and Brady did. I heard did. one of the guys during the week, callers during the week, saying, "We got the stats. We got that. Stats don't be nothing but wins and losses. I mean, you can have the best stats in the world, and, and if you lose a game, I mean, what does it really matter? It doesn't. Because this game, 
maybe later on in the season they'll think about it. Might come back to haunt them when they had chances to win. Well, you don't think about it. Oh. You know. That's it's their that's their fourth preseason game. They're going to, up against the Super Bowl champs. They're working themselves out to see how they're going to do for the rest of the season. I don't think that's a bad L. Hey, if if I'm taking one win as a Cowboy fan, Dak Prescott looks good. Yeah, because I had no idea. Sure, because like soft knocks I, I didn't show me. Honestly, I wasn't worried about Dak playing well. I, the ankle thing a little bit, but he had an Achilles. Hair, that's different. Look. A knee, a knee injury like Alex Smith years ago, which was horrible. But ankles, you can come back from. I wasn't worried about that playing well. I was worried about that defense being able to hold somebody. And they, the defense, yeah, they did okay. But they're still. I got to see more from Quinn on this defense before I judge it. I just don't know yet. Talk about the running game. I mean, you're going up against the Buccaneers front seven, which is probably the best in football. Buccaneers yeah. are going to do that to a lot of good running backs all year. Hands down they are, except for Jason Pierre-Paul. The best defensive line. Well, they're the best front seven at stopping the run. They're not They're not the best front seven at having all of their but, but, fingers. But it also, it also goes back to if Moore wants to run the football, if he just wants to pass, that's the questions I have because – this is Ezekiel Elliott. This has happened the last two or three years. He's not running the ball like he was in his rookie season. He's just not. So either they can, he can't run it anymore or they're going away from the run. That's what I, I have to ask. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And, and beyond, you know, analyzing the game, football's back. And it was a wildly mm-hmm. interesting game with the fun finish. Well, so, fruit. so, yay. And I don't know what circles you're in, Tommy, but, like, for a Cowboy fan – to be upset about losing the home opener against the defending Super Bowl champions with arguably the best roster in the NFL when every single person that has any knowledge of this game said that your team was going to lose. Like, Cowboys fan, this is what was supposed to happen. Like, this is how it's supposed to play out. And, and a Cowboys fan is going to be like, hey, my team don't run and Ezekiel is garbage. Here's the thing. You outrush the Buccaneers. They didn't run it. Like, no one run it no more. Yeah. Derrick Henry, the fighting Derrick Henry Tafoyas, that's the only guy who runs it. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, I'm, I'm happy about some things about the game, but they had chances to win the game, and um, they just didn't take advantage. And that's the thing. They're still – they're not a great team, and we've been suffering for years. We haven't done anything since the 90s, and we need to get back to that team that's going to win a playoff game or get the NFC Championship or get to the Super Bowl. And this is how it starts. We, we played against the best and we lost. It was a close game, but there were opportunities for them to win that game. They, they just didn't seize it. And that's what great teams do is take advantage of those small opportunities, and they didn't do it. Well, Tommy, if you'll be listening in a 10 o'clock hour, we'll be doing our NFL season preview. And I got sure. your boys going to the playoffs, not winning the division, sure. but going to the playoffs. So there's still hope. We'll see what they do against the Chargers. Like, I'll judge them after three or four weeks. I like to give it, you know, as far as more the season thing. But they, they don't want to go down 0-2, and the Chargers is not going to be a fluke. They got I, I love their defense, and I love that young quarterback. We'll see what they do in this next game. Tommy, will catch up at the Lobo game today. Thank you so very we'll much for your time. first one. I'm excited, man. I'm love excited. That. Lobos are going to win six games this year and go to a bowl game. Guaranteed. Uh, uh, hashtag win five. Yeah. Super win in. Five. Thanks, buddy. Later, Mike. It's nice when Tommy takes the time. Ooh, say that three times fast. Ooh. Cowboy fan, to me, can be infuriating. Not Tommy proper. Not Tommy proper. But no, Not talking about Tommy specifically. No, I'm talking about Cowboy fan who, when was the game, Thursday? We're two days removed, and I seen social media. 
Chris Godwin's pass interference. It wasn't pass interference. No. He juked the guy out of his socks, and he was falling backwards already. If Micah Parsons could play quarterback, this team would have the second coming of quarterback, linebacker, uh, uh, Dicka. Well, Dicka was a bear. Like, I don't, I don't know what association you're making here. And this is going to hurt, Dallas Cowboy fan. You are a passing team. You're not a run team. Nope. No. Not built that way. Your quarterback is too good to turn and hand the ball off. And he threw the ball 59 times. That tells you right there. For 450 yarders. That's not true. 391 yarders. C.D. Lamb, he's very good. Amari Cooper is very good. Michael Gallup's going to be out for a while. He's a strong number three. Is that what they said? NFL roster. Is that for a while? Yeah. I didn't know that. Five or six weeks, it looks like. Oh, gosh. Friend of the show, friend in real life, Chad, said they lost because of the kicker. Kickers are going to miss kicks. Greg Zerline, who used to be a St. Louis Ram, for a long time did not miss kicks. But he missed them now. Amari Cooper had 16 targets. He's going to get them all year. Rob Gronkowski still play, huh? Boy, was that a smart start in both my fantasy leagues, huh? For the listener, there is a radio fantasy league that we are in where we compete not just against KNML personalities, we compete against KKOB personalities. And magic personalities. and Yeah, all over. All the whole over cumulus thing. family. Yeah. And your boys are currently sitting in first place with points scored. So, <laughs> we're also Vital sitting in first place and smack talked. Mm-hmm. Strike. I don't think there's any doubt that the boys are going to win the smack talk trophy. Yeah, and that there's no doubt that Brandon Vote knows that I'm his father. <laughs> Jimmy Butler? <laughs> Jimmy Butler of fantasy football. Let's grab a break. More football talk when we get back. Dave Busters presents ABQ Central live from the Talk ABQ studio, powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We're on the road. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. Connect with your boys in the Graphic Connection Hotline. We're playing game with I-9 Sports. We're having a drink. We're doing it downtown at Bourbon and Boots. 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. We're back on the program. You following any of this conference realignment stuff? I have. How are you feeling about it? Uh, I think conferences don't matter whatsoever. The only conferences, well, the conference realignment only matters to the SEC so they can keep their SEC money in the SEC. But I don't think conferences have ever mattered in college football. I think the Big 12 knows how to count now. (laughs) That's a good one. It's not on them. Uh, Congrats to BYU, right? Is that what we're saying? Big 12. I thought Air Force would get in the military school of the Big 12. That was something that had happened 8, 10 years ago when they did the first realignment. Air Force and BYU were the first ones that were considering that Big 12 move or their Big 12 had considered both those. I think Air Force can hang, though. Yeah, I do, too. I said I don't. I don't think they can hang. I don't. I don't either. Yeah, I think they're perfect in the Mountain West. I don't think their program will ever be good enough for 
Big 12. I think they should club. stay independent. That's to me like all those like military academies, they should do that. And it should just be like a like a roving like USO, like go around the country. Like every 4 years you hit different parts or whatever. All of them, Army, Navy, Air Force. All the programs independent? Yeah. Throw your hands up with me. I like that. Thank you. I'm into Cincinnati. That one is the one that makes sense to me of all of them. Houston. Houston works. I'm also into Houston. Central Florida? I don't know. That one's weird. I don't know. That's not a fit. Their travel budget's going to be gigantic. BYU's not a fit either. As a program, I think it is, but it's it's far away from all the other schools. And how come... I'm being serious when I say this. How come... Because you consider more than football, right? You consider basketball. You consider everything. Yeah. How come your Aggies aren't getting any calls? They got a really good basketball program. Utah State? Or New Mexico State? Which Aggies are we talking New Mexico State. We got Adam Young on later, broadcaster for the Aggies. Maybe we'll talk to him about that, but... I would definitely like to hear his answer on that. I mean, I get why no one cares about the football team. I get that. But their basketball team is really good. Well, there's a bunch of schools that play different sports in different conferences. That's just Notre Dame, man. Well, no, look, at, look at Kansas, how valuable they are. And not at football yesterday. In basketball, though. Yeah, and I think that's that's why New Mexico State won't get any looks in bigger conferences because they just have basketball. Football drives the bus. Yeah. You think the Big 12 was like, Oh, my God, I'm so thirsty for Provo, Utah. BYU pulls. BYU travels. Nationwide, they have a big national yeah. brand following. The Whoa. official school of the Mormon religion. Like That's kind of a good get. The following is called Zealots. From the texter, we're doing our NFL preview in the 10 o'clock hour with Ryan Tamari of All in Autographs. We'll definitely get to that. But I am excited that you're excited about the Lions. I don't agree. Well, I think that's a troll. <laughs> Lions are going to have the first or second pick next year. I think Texans go number one. Lions go number two. I think Jared Goff has a better season than people think he will because that's one of those same face, new place kind of things, and getting out of L.A. is a big deal because I'll tell you right now, L.A. is the worst city in the country. To live in, not play football in. Correct. Yeah. If you were to give me an option, like a reasonable option of places to live, how quickly I would put L.A. at the bottom of any list that you presented me, including Provo, Utah? I heard Provo's lovely. Yeah, Salt Lake is lovely. Okay. I mean, I like beer. Do they have beer there? I'm not going to, like, take a vacation and go check how nice Salt Lake is, but I hear it's lovely. <laughs> it's not on my destination list. And how about the Big 12's like, stop stealing all of our teams. And they just go and steal teams from everyone. <laughs> like, okay. you are the thing yeah. you claim to hate. Do as I say, not yeah. as I do. <laughs> and when does it all go into effect? Next year? I don't really know. No, it's going to take a couple years. Is it a couple? Yeah. And the ACC's like, stop it. Stop. Leave our guys alone. 
Stop stealing my girlfriend. Big Big 12 shows up. Look at all heartbroken from the SEC. Guys, we just need someone to care for us. This might be the insight we need for why the Mexico State Aggies are never going to be in a conference again because basketball doesn't move the meter at all, and I'll talk about that during basketball season. Joining us, friend of the show, Andrew. Andrew, welcome. What's going on, Fred? Morning, my friend. Morning, Drew. Morning, guys. All right, um, give us that. that... Trip to Hawaii. Really excited. <laughs> quit, uh, quit telling people where we are going. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry. Uh, but, yeah, Aggie basketball has been to a Sweet 16 uh, five times. They have been to a Final Four. They beat the 1990 UNLV Running Rebels. And Lobo basketball has never been to a Sweet 16 ever. So, I mean, New Mexico State basketball is so far and beyond what the Lobos could ever dream. And in football, they are independent. So they're on Notre Dame status. So Cowboy and Lobo listener, not good. Not good. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing that fire. Andrew, do you think that New Mexico State will ever get in with a bigger conference? Definitely. I think they'll, you know, be in, you know, probably, what would I want to say? Like, I mean, they're independent now in football. and basketball, I would say probably the Mountain West would be a little bit bigger for them, of course. But I don't think it'll ever be in a major conference. No, definitely not. I'm a fan of the WAC. I mean, I'm a fan of the WAC. I think it's fine. For some reason, there's a school from, like, Chicago State's in it for some reason. I don't understand why that's a thing. I'm a fan of the WAC. Um, yeah, I mean, Utah, Rio Grande Valley, stuff like that. I, Is it Southern Utah, you know, the new part. one, Vitale? Southern Utah? Well, okay. it's, it's Dixie, but that is the old Southern Utah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that New Mexico State basketball is a winning program. Now, if you put them where they're playing teams greater than Sam Houston State regularly, is it still a winning program? Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good point. I mean, they like I said, over the years, since you know the 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, they were winning then. Like I said, they beat, they beat the Rebels in 1990. So it's one of those things where the trend keeps continuing. You know, Lobos still haven't broken the barrier of the Sweet 16. That's, that's a big deal. Here, I just found this fact for you, Andrew. The New Mexico State University Fighting Aggies of Agriculture have 77 whack titles. I had no idea. That's a lot. It's not even close to anyone else. That's mean that the like internet would call like them whack. It's, it's something to be very proud of. Something to take pride in. And uh, like Vitale said, Aggies by three today. He called it. Field goal. Um, you know, overtime. I love that enthusiasm. Andrew, Fun. thank you for being a friend of the show. We're at the break. I take it easy, guys. I like him. I like him a lot. Lobo's by 40. From the, from the texter, New Mexico State to win the Mountain West. Not sure if that even makes sense. Okay. <sighs> Pretty misinformed there. Let's grab a break.
Oh, not to win to the Mountain West. Oh, to the Mountain West. Yeah, My mistake. To be in the conference. I was reading from a distance, and I wear contacts, Vital, because I'm an old man. Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central live from the Talk ABQ studio, powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We're on the road. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV, connected to the boys in the Graphic Connection Hotline. We're playing good with 99 Sports. We're having a drink. We're doing it downtown at Bourbon and Boots. 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. So for the listener at home, Vital just came from the production side of the glass into the studio, wrapped both his hands around my neck, and said the Aggies can beat any team in the Mountain West, and Van had to physically pull Vital off of me. And he is stronger <laughs> than he looks. He's very strong. He's deceptively strong. And he said, one more ill word about my Aggies, and that'll be your last word. And I said, well, that that Vital, I think this is a human resources issue now. We don't need to say anything. The yeah. score today will dictate. This was, this is not on air. This is not a bit. This is just how Vital is. He's so passionate. From the texter, hi, boys. Lobo's way ahead versus NMSU head-to-head. I just looked it up, and the NCAA site says the only NMSU Sweet 16 was in 92, and it was vacated. Lobo's went big today, by the way. Oh, that's a good text. You know how I feel about vacated. You know how I feel when people text us and say, boys, B-O-I-S. That's my favorite. Yes. Thank you for being a loyal listener. If you follow us on the social media, you know that B-O-I-S is your boys' move. Uh, we stole that, actually, from the Proud Boys. What? 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 We did not no, do that. No, we did not do that. Big college football games today. Van, you ready to break them down? Hit me. Number 12, Oregon, goes to number three, Ohio State. The reason it matters is that Thibodeau kid is going to be back. Uh, people are excited about that. And then, lastly... Uh, it's in Ohio State where they're going to pack the house for the first time in like two years, uh, legally speaking. So that'll be that'll be good for TV. Oregon is good. Oregon will beat a lot of teams this year. That's some cool looking jerseys. They always have the best jerseys. Well, maybe maybe Maryland. You can make a case for Maryland. As a hard second, I agree. The line is OSU minus fourteen and a half. Oh my gosh. I think they're going to easily just top that. Oh, like that? Yeah, yeah. Like Ohio State by more than 20. Their first game back at home, first game in front of a crowd, like they're going to demolish Oregon. C.J. Stroud is going to try to show the world how he should be a top-five draft pick. I hope he's still, still thirsty because he got all that name, image, likeness money. He can't be a draft pick. Yeah, he hasn't played long enough, yeah. so never mind, yeah. Just keep getting paid in college. Good for you. Uh, if you're from one state of the 50 named Iowa, you care about number 10 Iowa, number 9 Iowa oh, that's State. That's a big rivalry where we're from. Huge. And that's, you know, all they got going on in Iowa? <laughs> Hawkeyes the, and Cyclones. Hey, and with the, with the Barnstormers being out, R.I.P., no IFL championship for you losers. All right, I just looked it up. The Iowa teams play every year for the Cyhawk Trophy. Are you familiar with this? Yeah. What is a Cyhawk? 
well, Cyclone for the, the nickname for the uh, mascot name for Iowa State and then the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes. It actually looks like it's some sort of genetically modified corn. Yes, it does. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's actually the corn. It's the Iowa corn. Oh, it is. It literally is. Oh, my. I was making a joke. That's not even. I just looked it up. It's the Iowa corn Cyhawk trophy. I'm not kidding. I was going to make fun of Iowa, but it's their actual branding. The Iowa corn Cyhawk. A GMO Iowa. <laughs> like, what the? Oh, man, I feel like an idiot. <laughs> the Cyhawk named after the team's mascot, Cy the Cardinal, and Herky the Hawk. Herky the Hawk is a strong. No, it's Herbie the Hawk. Yeah, this says Herky here on the, oh, the Wikipedia. It? Huh. It's the Moops. Iowa City. <laughs> Uh, Herky was first drawn as a cartoon in 1948. Was the first portray was first portrayed at a football game in 1959. So there you go. It's actually presented by Iowa Corn. Okay, who knew? Uh, because we're in Albuquerque, and a lot of people claim allegiance to the University of Texas. Uh, they're going to go to Arkansas, and Arkansas will enjoy that payday and get demolished. Yeah, that KJ, that KJ Jefferson, is that the kid from the Razorbacks? Uh, he's he's good, but he's a running back. I don't know why he's a quarterback. Texas played a very good Louisiana team last year. I mean, sorry, last week and won. But Texas is only a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Arkansas. It's very surprising. Texas needs to win, this is going to sound cliche, every game. They need to win every game this year with like being able to come into the SEC with any sort of relevance. And their true rival, Texas A&M, has been on top of the SEC world, everybody except for Alabama. Yeah. Like A&M has been the second best program in the SEC since they entered. They're going to Denver today to play University of Boulder, Colorado's team, but in Denver, uh, that Texas A&M team, and they should just demolish Colorado. Colorado should not score. Texas A&M at number five, although I don't care about rankings, I will tell you is ranked too low. That's who the Lobos play next week on the road well, in the station. It'll be a tough one. <laughs> That's going to be rough, boys. You wonder why we picked next week to not go to Hawaii. <laughs> Washington at Michigan, if you're a Michigan fan. Um, I guess you still think Jim Harbaugh can win games? I don't know if I feel that way anymore. If he could just recruit quarterbacks. Yeah, how how hot is his seat? Man, been for a number of years. Insanely. If If – he had a last name other than Harbaugh, he'd be fired already, right? If, if I, I had, he's part of the school, and that's why they they're kind of loyal to him. Maybe I don't think he gets paid as much from the school as we think he does, and I think a lot of that money is like Michael Jordan money, like th- gambling. No, like uh, apparel, like when yeah. Jordan Brand, because that's where they went first was Michigan, and I think that was part of the thing where it's like, hey, we'll actually pick up a lot of this. Because you had the best college football coach, and it turns out that was a lie. It's Jimbo Fisher. Our experts have determined that that was a lie. Uh, I would like for Ball State to beat Penn State because I hate Penn State. Uh, I hate them more than anything in the whole world. I think. Uh, it makes two of us. Okay. 
Oh. Number 22 ranked Miami, already 0-1, and, and they got Appalachian State coming to town. Watch out, Hurricanes. <laughs> I'm not mad at you if you go to the rivalry game today down at the stadium and then go home and tonight catch Stanford at USC. That's a big Pac-12 matchup. Yeah, that's a good one. That's going to be a good one. I think Stanford is better than people think it is, and obviously it's conference football, and watching USC is so very exciting. USC's what's, got a lot of talent this year. What's that one called? Is that the look at the brain on Brent Bowl? That's a good one. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but otherwise, if you're excited about something, I'm not familiar with it. Utah BYU. Yeah. Okay, I'll buy that. Those games are always close. But there's just so much other stuff going on today, like our game included here, where That's the best game in the country. Yeah. Rio Grand Rivalry. They're they're battling for a river, not some stupid trophy. It's not the it's not the corn bowl. It's who gets to dam the river for a year? <laughs> That's what's at stake today. I don't think that part is true. Is that not true? <laughs> Release the water. Yeah, that's what if we if we win, we get to dam the Rio Grande for a year and no water goes down to Las Cruces. This is big. Yeah, you think your football team's in a drought? Wait till your city is. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what these rivalry games need more of. Like like consequence off the field. Absolutely. All of your tax dollars go to us next year. <laughs> Those bets, like for like World Series and Super Bowls between like mayors of cities, that stuff's always fun. It's adorable, isn't it? I don't know what, like, I don't know what the Las Cruces thing is. Like, what is the thing they would put on the line? Uh, a bunch of cocaine from El Paso. Okay, that's not the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's grab a break. We're gonna call Vinny Bonson New York. We're gonna talk about the Raiders. Dame Busters presents ABQ Central live from the Talk ABQ studio. Powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We're on the road. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. Connect with your boys in the Graphic Connection Hotline. We're playing it with I-9 Sports. We're having a drink. We're doing it downtown at Bourbon & Boots. 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. Host of In the Huddle on Raiders Nation Radio. 9.20 AM, Van, if you're in the area. NFL insider, friend of the show, friend in real life, everything that is the Las Vegas Raiders, at Vinny Bonsignor on the Twitter. Vincent Bonsignor joining the program. Good morning, Vinny. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Feeling good. Excited for the weekend. But you say forget the weekend. You're only excited for Monday. Excited for the whole weekend. You know me, man. Uh, there's some great fall. What do we got? Ohio State, Oregon coming up at 9 a.m. my time. Um, I think probably 10 a.m. your time. So uh, there's there's all kinds of great um, college football games. I'm really curious uh, on Sunday to see how these young quarterbacks perform from Trevor Lawrence to Mac Jones. Uh, Tua, the Tua-Mac Jones matchup. Uh, there's no shortage of uh, storylines, story and obviously it all kind of culminates with the Raiders opening Allegiant Stadium for the first time with fans uh, inside the stadium. I think it's going to be Bedlam uh, against the Ravens, so uh, this is what it's all about. Vinny, I don't know if you know, I'm assuming you do, but Albuquerque, New Mexico is a big Raiders 
City. I like it. I like it. And for the first time, we got Raider coverage on this very radio station. Ooh, and nice. Your boys, I'm happy to hear that. Your boys are hosting a Monday Night Football watch party at a lovely bar downtown called oh. Bourbon and Boots. Join your boys at Bourbon and Boots as we are the official hosts of the Raiders watch party this upcoming season. Every time the Raiders play, we'll be there to play with you. And Vinny, if you ever come to Albuquerque, you will be absolute royalty. You can go to the Raider Nation Barbershop on 139 Old Coors Drive <laughs> Southwest. Get your hair cut. And I'm sure you got plenty of Raiders gear. But if you need a new shirt, you can go to a Raider Nation clothing store. Isn't that something? All right. I so I'll, Albuquerque I'll, I'll loves get, the Raiders, uh, and we're glad I'll, to have I'll, you. I'll, I'm not so much on the hair anymore, um, but uh, but I can get my, my beard and everything trimmed up, so uh, we'll be good. Uh, I want to have one laugh before we talk about the game. Is Allegiant Stadium ready, ready for these fans? Because I know Allegiant Stadium had some hiccups at Old SummerSlam. Yeah, you know, and, and um, I, I kind of – you know, I coming from Los Angeles and, and, you know, covering the NFL and all other sports, I had to chuckle a little bit uh, about, you know, all the hand-wringing over, um, you know, uh, the, 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 the in, getting into the stadium and getting out of the stadium. Okay, everyone, you host an NFL team now. You have a big stadium that seats 65,000 people. There's going to be traffic. And a lot of it is, especially early on, and SoFi Stadium is dealing with the same thing in Los Angeles. It's, it's, it's either in Los Angeles retraining people to go to a whole other part of town uh, to go see a game and fit 70,000 people and all the cars that come with that uh, into that area um, you know, for, for a game day. And here in Las Vegas, literally training people for the first time uh, to attend events at a big stadium. And part of that is obviously on the operations, and they've certainly gotten better since, since the wrestling uh, event, which they, that was the whole point of doing things like that leading up to uh, the football season to try to get, you know, work out the kinks, work out what, what's best, figure it out, but also train people here in Las Vegas. Okay, if your ticket, if you're sitting over here, this is where you need to enter the stadium. Uh, the, here's the parking options. Here's how you get to the parking. Here's the off ramp uh, to your uh, preferred parking lot. It's just kind of training people. So I, I just had to laugh a little bit uh, with with all. Oh my gosh, there's there's traffic. Yes, it's the NFL. It's a big, huge stadium. <laughs> it's the first time in your market in your community that you you have that. And and you know I know everybody's excited, but there's definitely things that that you know had to be worked on and i give them a lot of credit because in the last few weeks and the events that they've had there things are much much better and a lot of that is on the fans i have to say that a lot of it is on the fans are now getting used to and accustomed uh, to getting in and out of that place are you saying raiders fans are the problem what no, 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 no. what this was what? going all the way back <laughs> We're talking about wrestling fans now. First and foremost. <laughs> but there were, you know, there were a couple of concerts and things like that, and you know, a lot of events at that stadium are non-Raider related. So, you know, like uh, the Garth Brooks concert, you had a bunch of people who lived here that went, obviously, but also people who traveled in, uh, you know, from from other areas to visit Las Vegas and, and then go to the uh, concert. We went to the, my, my family and I went to the BYU. Uh, Arizona game last Saturday. There were 55,000 fans there, so it was a good crowd. Uh, we parked at the Luxor. We took the walk. Um, there's there's a, a literally a, a, a 
bridge that they built from that side of, the, uh, of, of Las Vegas Boulevard to the stadium, honestly, it couldn't have been any easier. And it couldn't have been any, any easier getting out, walking over the bridge back to our car, uh, and away we went. So between understanding where to park, um, if you're not going to park at the stadium, the hotels that, have, that are offering um, you know, specials, there's a bus line uh, now. Uh, you can pick it up in Henderson. You can pick it up in Summerlin. There's like four or five uh, spots that you can go as a fan. And it costs like eight bucks, maybe, or maybe it's four bucks round trip. They they pick you up at you know whether it's Green Valley Casino or Red Rock Casino or the M Hotel, drive you to the game, drop you off at a great location uh, to to walk into the game, then pick you up and drive you back. And the parking at those hotels are free. So you know they understood that there's going to be all right. We got to figure this out before the actual you know start of the season. Uh, and that's all part of it. And I give the the Raiders, the operations staff, uh, a lot of credit, but also again, the fans. And I know that we're myself as a as a writer who covers the Raiders for the Review Journal and also you know doing the radio show. The key now uh, for Monday is is the vaccination uh, side of it. You know, you have to be vaccinated to get into the game. There's an app, the Clear app. So, radio radio fans that are listening right now, please go download the Clear app. Download your uh, verification, your your um, vaccination verification. It takes about five minutes uh, to to enable you to get into the stadium uh, as seamlessly and easy as possible. There's also tents that are going to be out starting today at Allegiant Stadium today, tomorrow, and Monday for partially um, vaccinated fans, fans who want to get vaccinated now. Uh, also for, you know, out-of-country fans. There's a lot of Canadian Raider fans that are coming in. I was getting all the emails. What do I do? My, my vaccination um, verification doesn't doesn't download, properly download uh, into the Clear app. There's going to be an area for those fans. If you want to come by on Saturday, today, or tomorrow uh, to the stadium, it's all set up to get you documented and get you ready to go. So that's going to be a bit of a challenge on, on Monday uh, on top of everything else but uh, they're doing everything everything that they can to make it as a smooth operation as possible Vinny, it seems like Derek carr is the biggest enigma in the nfl prognosticators say he's just a game manager some prognosticators say he's a top five franchise quarterback who's being held back by his roster what vibe do you have on Derek carr this season and going forward as being the franchise quarterback for the vegas raiders funny we were having a conversation about him in the press room the other day in the media room and, and we were all kind of like saying wow we've probably written less about Derek Carr this training camp uh, than, than, and I know for me I, I just I have one I, this is my second training camp with the Raiders so for me it, it was a stark contrast the amount of times I wrote about him last year compared to this year and long time more more you know longer ter- term Raider writers were saying this is this is nothing like it has been. He's established himself as a guy that's plenty good enough to get your team to the playoffs, and who knows beyond that? You know, he's never played in the playoffs. We don't know. So, uh, you know, you could definitely say that. But but I think the consensus is he's coming off three straight 4,000-yard season. He had a great season last year. He oversaw an offensive score, the 10th most points uh, in the league. Um, he's fine. Uh, the truth of the matter is, the Raiders haven't done right by Derek Carr for, for a while. And I think we're, we're starting to see when you put talent around him what he's capable of doing. Last year, the problem, unfortunately, for the Raiders, they didn't have a defense. Uh, there were too many times where he had to outscore the opposing offense. Like when I say outscore, 38 to 35, you know, 40 to 38, those type of games. So, um, but, but it's so interesting because 
this year, really everything that's been written is how much better can that defense be? It can't possibly be worse. That would be catastrophic, catastrophic if it was. But it has to get better. Okay, well, how much better is it going to be? Um, because if it is considerably better, it changes the whole narrative. What's the offensive line all about? Uh, all about? How's Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards? What kind of steps are they going to take for uh, in, in their second uh, season and more and more you're finding Derek Carr is this kind of he's part of the solution he's part of the answer so you set him over here uh, and so many other things need to go right and that's where the focus has been when there is talk about Derek Carr immediately afterwards there's talk about the offensive line and when you talk about the offensive line this is outside of like Richie Incognito this is a youth movement this these kids are all like 25 and less right and and if that's not correct that's close with yeah. that said um do you, whenever there is conversation around the Raiders, is it about potential? Is it about pressure? Is it about expectation? Like, how are these guys being coached in a direction to maximize what they can be uh, for Derek Carr and the offense? A little bit of all that, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I like what I saw from Alex Leatherwood. Uh, I think there's still some work he needs to do. That's a um, young in kid. Pass protection, uh, the rookie from Alabama but, at right tackle, but. Um, he gets your, his hands on you, and it's pretty much over. Uh, he's he's big and smart. Um, he's available. That's something that they didn't have the last couple of years. It's funny. Everyone's like, well, this guy has to replace Trent Brown. Really? Trent Brown played 16 games in two years. He played four games last year. He's Alex Leatherwood is more uh, is, is actually kind of replacing Sam Young more than he is Trent Brown because Trent Brown was never out there. Um, you know, the trades of Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson, I talked to John Gruden about this this week. Um, it's not like they wanted to trade those two players. It's not, you know, those decisions don't come down to that. They had the highest paid offensive line last year. It was going to be the same thing this year. Uh, they they had to pay Colton Miller. They wanted to go out and get Unique and Gakwe. The salary cap went down for the first time in forever to $180 million. Um, they were It was projected to be around 220 uh, going into this season, so that's a big swing right there. So to find the money under the salary cap to do what they needed to do, they knew that they they had to make some changes, and that came in, in, in the uh, – that was reflected in trading Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson. So how do you replace those two guys? Well, they feel like Andre James, the young center, is, is ready to uh, to step into the center role. Is he going to be Rodney Hudson? That would be presumptuous, but they feel like he's going to be able to give them uh, certainly adequate uh, play at center and, and, and hopefully and as time moves on, even better than that. They feel good about Denzel Good. He played a lot last year, so he, he replaces um, Rodney, or excuse me, Gabe Jackson. Colton Miller is kind of a mainstay uh, over at left tackle. And so now the question really going into – uh, Monday, uh, is Richie Incognito going to be able to play? It looks kind of dubious at this point. Uh, but they they like what they've seen in John Simpson, the second-round pick from Clemson last year, who sort of came in a changed man physically. Um, so if they have to get by a, a game or two, um, you know, without Richie, they feel pretty decent about that. But, you know, it's all, it's all speculative. It's all on paper. It has to happen on the field. They feel pretty good about it, but we're going to see on Monday night against a big physical football team in the Ravens. I think John Gruden is the perfect coach for Raider Nation. I think his vibe matches up perfectly with the vibe of Raider Nation. With that being said, he's one of the most beloved figures in the NFL, but the results haven't been there yet. What does he have to do this year to make sure that he stays off the hot seat going forward? Yeah, it's funny you should say most beloved. I, I don't know about that sometimes. Um, I just see a lot of... Um, 
you know, he's a character, and I love that uh, about him. Anytime you're covering a character, it makes the job a little bit uh, more enjoyable um, and, and, you know, uh, more uncertain. Um, you know, I was, I was, when I was talking to him, I was in the lunchroom uh, over at the Raiders facility, <clears throat> saw guys, players coming over there, bear-hugging him and kidding around with him and high-fiving him and stuff. So there's no doubt that his players really like him. Uh, I think because, you know, the contract, because the Chucky persona, because, you know, um, all the commercials that he's done, being on Monday Night Football, coming back from Monday Night Football and getting a 10-year or $100 million contract, I actually think there's people out there that are almost rooting for him to fail. Uh, I don't like that kind of mentality or that kind of energy. I don't get it because I've never quite been like that. But there are people that are that uh, you can see it um, in, in in the coverage, uh, and so you know that there's there's a lot of that. And um, but you know as far as pressure, there's always pressure um, without question, especially with that kind of a contract. I think. Within the building, there's a belief that they're headed in the right direction. Uh, they gave John Gruden a 10-year contract because they wanted to give him the security that and understanding that, look, do what you need to do to get this right and take, take the time necessary to get this right. That's really what that contract was all about. Um, so that he didn't have to come in here feeling like he had to like win right now and make some you know uh, moves that you that you later regret just for short-term success. So. Um, you know, it's, they haven't won as much as they've wanted, obviously. It's been a slow progress. Uh, they, they won seven games two years ago. They won eight games last year. Should have won more if the defense had done, you know, uh, its job. And there's expectations this year that this is the best roster that he's had since he's been back. It's one of the best. It's probably the best roster um, that, that Derek Carr has played with on both sides of the ball. Um, and, and they expect to, to contend for the playoffs. I'm not going to say that he's not going to have a job if they don't make the playoffs. We'll see how it all kind of plays out. Um, but I think that there's there's confidence in him, and there's from you know the owner Mark Davis. There's belief in him uh, that he's the guy that's that's going to eventually get this thing turned around. You want to be a fan, or do you want to be a professional? For my next question, uh, we'll see. Let me hear what the question is, but uh, <laughs> mostly professional. <laughs> give, me, give me that Monday night prediction. Um, I think there's a pathway for the Raiders to win this game for sure. And, you know, you look at, unfortunately, for the Ravens, all the injuries that they've sustained, um, you know, as, as, as recently as a couple of days ago, losing uh, Marcus Allen and their, another running back. Um, I think between, you know, kind of a banged-up team and the Ravens coming into town, um, you know, uh, Derek Carr and Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake and the, the potential of, of Ruggs and, and Brian Edwards and just a defense that's kind of fed up uh, about getting, you know, uh, its name dragged through the mud. There's a lot of new players on this team. Uh, Gerald McCoy looked good against the 49ers. Uh, Unique Ngakwe, K.J. Wright, Denzel Perryman, Casey Hayward on top of the guys that they're bringing back. Um, there's just there's like this pent-up uh, frustration within that defense, and I think they're ready to get on the field and, and kind of get things turned around and, and try to put some respect on their names. So I think that, that whole – oh, and Allegiant Stadium. Uh, I'm really curious to see what that looks like. I imagine that it's going to be nuts and crazy, uh, and it's going to make life difficult for Lamar Jackson and, and the Ravens. So I think the whole combination of that uh, puts the Raiders in a pretty decent place to come out of there with the win. Vinny Bonsignor, thank you so very much for being so knowledgeable and intelligent and forthcoming and caring and willing and invested and in showing your effort to us.
Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Anytime, and uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy the game on Monday night. Absolutely, will. I'm sure I'll be texting you nonstop, and you'll ignore them all till after the game, and then yeah. say sorry I was working. Absolutely. And make sure you guys get rides home, man. All right. Oh, That's we have the Uber deal. Yeah. All right. Oh, I Beautiful. love that. I like to hear that. <laughs> Vinny Bonsignor, thank you so very much. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, well, Vinny. What a good dude. It's fun insight. That's fun insight into a team. You can tell the dude isn't just working. No. He enjoys what he does. Yes. The passion for what he does comes through. What's that? What did the Joker say when, when you're good at something? Don't do it for free? Mm. Is that right? Is that close? I think that's right. That's Benny Bonsignor. All right. He's very good at it. Let's go to break. Hang out for 10 minutes. Adam Young at 930. Dame Busters presents ABQ Central live from the Talk ABQ Studio, powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We're on the road. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. Connect with your boys in the Graphic Connection Hotline. We're playing it with I-9 Sports. We're having a drink. We're doing it downtown at Birdman and Boots, 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. I was a second late back from the break, Michael, because got a little breaking news report right here. Breaking news, breaking news. Breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Breaking news. The Ohio State Buckeyes are going to be shorthanded on the offensive line this afternoon against the Oregon Ducks. How shorthanded? Dog, I think they got like six. They got ten players out? Ten players. It went from two, ten? two to wow. six to ten in the past 30 minutes. It might be more. If you're online on your sports book, you might want to buy some points on Oregon right now before this story emerges and more guys are out. It looks right now the most notable player is offensive lineman Harry Miller. Oh, really? The second most important position on the field. Interesting. If I had to rate the importance of position, number one quarterback, Mm -hmm. number two lineman. Left tackle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Number three... Slot wide receiver. Number four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Everything that exists before linebacker. Linebackers last. Linebackers. linebackers number twenty-two. The linebacker position is so unimportant. I one time saw a documentary on a water boy coming in and playing linebacker for a college football team and taking them to the national championship. Because that's how easy it is to play linebacker. It stole the hearts of a country too. For TV film, well, Gatorade's better. So there you go. The Buckeyes are in a um, perfectly fine situation. Actually, they'll do. <laughs> it'll affect nothing. Yeah, they just reload every year. It's a big. It's a big line though. Fourteen and a half. Is it still at fourteen and a half? Let's check. And it doesn't look to me like. It has anything to do with COVID. This just looks like regular stuff. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm sure once it once they report it and the full story gets out, it's going to be contact tracing. One dude probably tested positive, and now they got to go back and pluck everyone around him. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. If it was, I mean, if it was behavioral or academic, they would have had to announce it already. This has to be something else. College game day, is that that Iowa game? You know how they always bring in like a 
like a celebrity like guest picker so like pick uh the prediction of the big college game game yeah so they went with iowa native ashton kutcher oh is he from iowa he's from iowa well i wouldn't have guessed that um iowa fans are pretty disappointed they <laughs> say a lot of people you could have brought in you brought in ashton kutcher Hey, Ashton Kutcher, for all of his faults, uh, legit great guy, what he's doing for human trafficking. Do you know this story? I'm very familiar. If there's something you want to donate today, find Ashton Kutcher's foundation for human trafficking. Throw some money at that. They're doing amazing things. From the texter, the UNM-NMSU rivalry game. Okay. The loser should have to do mandatory community service hours, a hundred of them. That includes babies and old people. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm in. Why not? I mean, this is New Mexico. I'm sure a lot of the players are already doing community service. I say you have to do it in the other person's community, though. Like, Las Cruciana has to come up and, like, pick cigarette butts up off Central. And you're like, yeah, there's a lot on the line here. I like that a lot. That's what they have to do. They have to do the name, image, likeness for the other team. Just absorb it. The line hasn't moved yet. I wouldn't move the line on this. Ohio State's one of those schools where it's like cliche, next man up. Yeah. You know, let's just go. Like, oh, our blue chip tackle went down. How about another blue chip tackle? Yeah. But, but this one's light blue. It's still blue. Still blue. It's 100% blue. Still five star. Yeah. See the ratings on this Thursday night football game? What is the best in six years? Up 16% from last year's opening game. 22 million viewers. It's a lot. That's the average. So at times more. There's about 120 of them at Howie's on Thursday. Went to Howie's on Thursday, Vital, to watch the Thursday Night Football and speak with our friends over at Howie's. Are there any Bucks fans here in town? I, I'm sure now that they won the Super Bowl, but before they won the Super Bowl, you didn't see too many Buccaneers fans. I think if I wore this Gardner Minshew jersey from the Jacksonville Jaguars, that I'd be the only Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Jaguars. You're the only one I know. Jaguars. I mean, I, we were talking during the commercial break, a little behind the scenes here at ABQ Central. I was thinking, Fred, this is literally the first Jacksonville Jaguar shirt, jersey, or jersey I have ever seen in person in my life. What color blue is this? Coral? I don't know. It looks the, that coral, color of coral looks a it's lot nicer aqua, in person. Yeah, because that's what the dolphins have. It's doesn't that doesn't that pop? Green. It's not turquoise. Vital, doesn't that, that color just pop? Yeah, I liked I like their colors, black and, we, and And when you put the shirt, and I'm also not a short sleeves guy, as you guys are wearing, I never wear short sleeves. And when you juxtaposition this coral blue against all the tattoos I got with ex-girlfriends, I feel like there's a really good like highlight here. What about a Minshew tat? That'd be sweet. Just a mustache, and everyone knows what it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, you really into Pringles, dog? Like, oh, no. No. No, I'm not. Let's take a break. Let's call Adam Young. We're going to talk NM, 
New Mexico State University. Oh my gosh. I lost. I just had a minor real real grand rivalry. Thank you. You stroke out on us. Row. I'm gonna check vitals during a commercial break. Voice of the Aggies. Check vitals. <laughs> nice. Adam Young joining us. We see you, Texture. There's about a hundred of them. We'll get to them when we can. Dave Busters presents ABQ Central live from the Talk ABQ Studio. Part of Mexico Pinion Coffee. We're on the road. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. Connect with your boys in the Graphic Connection Hotline. We're drinking again at Bourbon and Boots, and we're playing again with I Nine Sports. It's ninety-five point nine FM and AM six ten. The Sports Animal. Back on the program. Joining us, play-by-play broadcaster at Learfield Audio, director of broadcasting for the Aggies, TV play-by-play, coaches show host, Adam Young. And he thought we brought him on to talk about the Aggies, but we really just brought him on to say congratulations on your wedding, big dog. (laughs) Thanks, Fred. Good to hear from you. Uh, yeah, I actually met her here, uh, believe it or not. So this is uh, this is a place of love here in the land of enchantment. You're a townie uh, she now. Was an yeah, she was an assistant coach here, so I met her during an interview. Um, we did long distance for about four years because she went to USC. Of course, if you're coaching, you kind of have to go where the head coach goes. So she went there, and uh, we got through that, and we got married here, I guess it was about two months ago. So oh, I appreciate it. Congratulations, my dude. Congratulations. I love it. Thank you. Adam, you did the coaches show this past week, uh, talking all things rivalry, talking all things Aggies, talking all things sports. Tell me why your Aggies are going to win. Well, uh, the first half last week I think was really promising. I agree. Um, Everybody knows that San Diego State, uh, a really physical program, um, a really consistent, accomplished program. And the way the Aggies played in that first half without Trevor Brillhard um, and without some other pieces due to COVID protocols was really, really encouraging. Now, the second half was a different story. Uh, interceptions were a big issue. The offensive line did not play as well as they did in the first half. So you see what they could do for two quarters. Now, if they put that together for four quarters, um, you know, they're going to win some football games this year. And, and I think they feel like they can certainly win this week. Um, they get a couple guys back that they did not have last week. Andre Bodison is back at wide receiver, playing in his first game this season because of COVID protocols. And then Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda a couple weeks ago was the best wide receiver against UTEP, and he had a really good fall camp. He's back this week as well because of COVID protocols. So um, they're getting some guys back. They also lost Dom Justin, so that hurts a ton. Uh, But the way they played in the first two quarters last week has fans feeling like, okay, they might have something here if they can put it together for four. I'm sorry I did not study the roster hard enough. You have a college student on your team named Bro Hard. So tough. Is he the Trevor king? Trevor Bro Hard. He's actually from uh, he's from Los Lunas, so he's he's an in-state guy. It's one of the best names in college football, yes. and he has long hair. He's a tough dude. He looks physical. He my, looks like a Brohard. I mean, he looks like a guy who would have the last name Brohard. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm changing my pick. I'm taking New Mexico State in the points now. 
I did not know that this uh, player existed. What you meant to say was Fred Slow's new favorite player is what you meant to say. No, what I'm going to call I'm calling you Fred Slowhard from now on. So sweet. Yeah. That's so insanely good. Earlier this week, Adam, and I don't know if you were able to catch up with Coach Doug Martin about this. Earlier this week, Coach Gonzalez here for UNM uh, said some things in the media and a little presser the, with the intent to fire the fan base up about the Aggies coming to town. Did any of those comments get down to the get down to New Mexico State? Did that resonate at all with the players or the fan base? Was there a reaction to that? Um, I have not heard. Uh, if it did, I'm sure it did. Um, it, it certainly got in our administration office. I mean, I I was talking about it with some of the guys in our athletics offices. Um, you know, to be honest, I think his passion is is great. I know it's a rivalry, and you're supposed to hate the Lobos and all that stuff, but. I will say this: there's a lot of respect for Danny Gonzalez down here. And Doug Martin said that at our coaches show this week, said it at his weekly press conference on Tuesday as well. Like he has a lot of respect for Danny. Um, people are aware of what they're building up there. There's no question. You bring in Rocky Long, that sends a, a loud statement. There's a lot of respect for Rocky. In fact, Doug said at our at our coaches show on uh, on Wednesday, he said if Rocky figures out what you're doing offensively, it's going to be a long day. So hopefully they can keep him guessing because uh, he's a really talented coach. He's still got a lot left in the tank, and um, you know he should be great for the for the Lobos in Albuquerque. But there's a lot of respect for Danny down here now. Whether the players are are feeling that that same way or if they feel like uh, that's bulletin board material, I'm not sure. But it, it's a rivalry, and it means a lot. And they play typically every single year. But the fact that they did not play last year, the Aggies have 40 newcomers. There's only like eight guys on the Aggie roster that have played in this rivalry. So it's going to be relatively new and fresh for a lot of these players. So we'll see if they understand what it means. But I think when they walk out today into the stadium and see hopefully, you know, 40,000 plus, that uh, they'll know instantly what this rivalry means to the, uh, to the state. The Coach's Show, hosted by Adam Young, can be heard on the flagship station of the Aggies, which is 99.5 FM Zia. That's the country channel down there, right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah, we're on the radio network, so we have like eight stations, I think, um, in-state and also an affiliate in El Paso. And then there's plenty of ways to listen online as well. Um, you know, we do it every single week. It's, um, and it's a good way to get to know some of, the, uh, some of the players that we have on. And, you know, of course, the fans want to hear from Coach every single week. So, you know, we're hoping to be talking about a win next week. I get it on Spotify, so there you go. There you go. Adam, you might not know this, but our producer, Mike Vital, is a big Aggie fan and also a fan of yours. I just want to see if uh, our third man in the booth has Ooh, a question for you. got a question, you. Mike? Well, yeah, thank you very much because I really love the work you do, Adam. So I get, an, I get a question to ask you, and I just want to know, uh, Jonah Johnson threw for almost 400 yards last week. Do you think he's uh, improving every week now? Getting well, I appreciate better? the kind words. First off, Mike, thank you so much. It was good talking to you before I hopped on. Um, I, I think he was trending in the right direction. Uh, the first half was really good. The second half was not so good. But, you know, you hate to say it's, it's not his fault, but he was hit on every single interception. So the offensive line has to be better. And uh, that was actually uh, one, of the, one of the pieces of their offense they felt like they had pretty good depth in going into the season. They're going to make some changes on the offensive line this week. Um, they have two veterans, center Eli Johnson came in from Ole Miss. He's been great. Left tackle Sage Dockstatter is an NFL prospect. He's been great. Outside of those two guys, uh, it, it's been up and down. So they're going to make some changes 
um, at right tackle and I believe at right guard today and uh, try to fix those holes. He had a lot of time to throw in the first half, and he was in rhythm. And then the second half, he was hit a ton, and uh, that's going to hurt your accuracy. So his accuracy was not as good in the second half. So if he has time to throw today, um, he has weapons, even without Dom Jacinto, who's out for the season with a broken arm that he suffered last week. He has enough weapons to have success. Um, The offense had a really, really good rhythm last Saturday in that first half, and a big reason why was Jonah Johnson in in the offensive line was uh, standing tall as well. Adam, for the fan base for the Aggies, for for the town, for everyone that's surrounding it, what is the expectation for today? Do they feel like this is one of the few that the Aggies are going to be able to pull out a W this season? Yeah, you know, it's been a weird year. It really has. Um, You know, with everything that went on last year, not playing in the fall and then playing in the spring, and it was just two games, and the first one didn't go very well, and then, you know, the second one was a little bit better. Um, You know, when when you look at the schedule when the year started, um, me personally, I thought UTEP was a very winnable game going in. That obviously didn't go well. I knew San Diego State was going to be really, really tough. And from my perspective, I had this one circled as one that was going to be really, really tough. I I think it's really hard to go to Albuquerque and win. Everybody understands what Danny Gonzalez is building there. Um, But, you know, who knows how UNM will come out today. But what they did with Houston Baptist, it wasn't all that impressive, to be quite honest. Um, I don't think they played great. So if they play, you know, similar to that, the Aggies certainly have a shot. And then it's a rivalry game, and the coaches always say, the cliche, throw everything out the window. doesn't matter what you did last week or what you've done all season. It's a rivalry game, so um, anything can happen. That can certainly happen here. Uh, this team is playing hard. They're playing spirited. They're down some bodies because of COVID, but you know what? Everybody is right now. It's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's a fluid situation every single week with COVID. Sometimes you have a player on Monday, and then he tests positive on Tuesday, and he's out for a couple games, or – you get a guy back on like Thursday, like the Aggies did this week, where they got a couple guys back on Thursday that haven't practiced all week because there were, you know, false positives or they had been out the last couple of weeks with COVID. So it's a fluid situation with all that. So you don't really know what's going to happen every single Saturday because you don't know who they're going to have. Like we could find out today that this guy's out, this guy's out, this guy's out on both sides. You just don't know. So, um, you know, I, I think the fan base is always expect to beat UNM. There's this expectation down here, which – Quite frankly, you know, I, I don't know if it's fair. It's you need to beat UNM. You need to beat UNM. Um, you know, and, and the resources are a little different. I, I know Mario Mocha, the athletics director, has been extremely vocal about that. Um, but the expectation for the fans, no matter how good UNM is or what's going on up there and what's going on down here, the expectation is always to beat UNM and UTEP. So uh, whether that's fair or not, I don't know. But, you know, that, that's the expectation for the fans. So last week, first half, looked like an upset was brewing for your Aggies. The game kind of pivoted in the second half. What did New Mexico State learn from that first half, and how can they use it today? Well, you know, I was talking to Mike uh, before I hopped on, and we were talking about how physical they were um, in the first half. I think if they can be that physical up front all year, they're going to have success. San Diego State's a physical program. Uh, they're known for that. Brady Hoke, their head coach, is is known for that. And uh, the Aggies were the more physical team in the first half, especially. Um, now things changed a little bit in half, too. But 
Um, they had a rhythm offensively. The defense seemed to figure it out. Um, I don't think San Diego State's offense is great. Their quarterback's uh, brand new and you know still trying to learn the system and that kind of stuff. But the defense pitched a shutout in the first half. They forced some turnovers. Um, the only area where they weren't great was special teams, where uh, they, they struggled in punt return. But outside of that, I mean, they were really, really good. And they had a rhythm, and it was fun to watch. The offensive line was was really good in front of Jonah Johnson. Um, so, I mean, if they can duplicate that this week, um, that would be great. You know, the, the second half was a different story, but, you know, depth becomes an issue. They lost their top wide receiver right before the half with a broken arm, Dom Jacinto. Um, the offensive line wore down. I think the defense wore down a little bit as well. And, um, you know, stopping the run for for this program is always – like the biggest key to success on defense. If they can stop the run, they'll have success, but they just haven't done it consistently. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they're very well aware that, that, that Wilson, the quarterback for, for UNM, is a dual-threat guy. He can throw. He can run. Um, he poses a big problem. You know, in the past, in this rivalry, typically uh, UNM's been run heavy. With, with a quarterback that uh, probably wouldn't throw the ball a ton. Well, this year, uh, Wilson's a dynamic quarterback that uh, that head coach Doug Martin talked about a lot this week that could really, really pose some uh, some challenges for the defense. So we'll see if the defense lives up to it um, here today. Adam Young, thank you so very much for joining the program. We need to cut you loose as we're going to bring in Sarah Regala, Big Brothers Big Sisters, to talk about their fundraiser this weekend. You're a good friend to us. Awesome, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the game today. Go Aggies. That last part I didn't love. <laughs> Such a you know, I, I have to play Switzerland in this thing. Yeah. Even though Albuquerque is my home now, I've been here for over a decade, and I am a Lobo fan. I did live in Las Cruces for six years, and I still have dear friends that are there. But also fear the fangs that's how i feel we coming for you let's go to break when we get back we're going to connect with sarah regala big brothers big sisters talk about their big fundraiser tomorrow because i love talking sports but i love talking community just a little bit more stay busters presents abq central live from the talk abq studio powered by mexico pinion coffee we're on the road we're on the road with chisholm trail rv connect with your boys on the graphic connection hotline 505-246-0610 we're playing good with the i9 sports to drink we're doing it downtown in bourbon and boots 95.9 fm am 610 the sports animal You've taken care of them through everything. The times they fell and the times they didn't. Their first day of school and the first day they had to stay home. You take care to keep them happy and healthy, especially in the hard times. During a pandemic, it's extra hard, but a trip to the doctor can help. And you can get the answers to all of your questions about the vaccine for your teen. Ages 12 through 17 are eligible, so make an appointment with a doctor today. Visit TakeCareNM.org to learn more. Lobo football is back in action. Saturday, September 11th, when the Lobos host the New Mexico State Aggies at 5 p.m. in the next installment of the Rio Grande rivalry. Now, if you're planning on tailgating and cheering the Lobos on to victory, the University of New Mexico asks that you take a moment and do the right thing. If you're going to celebrate this intrastate rivalry, please have a plan to not drink and drive. Take a ride on us and the Sports Animal have partnered with UNM Athletics and the Bernalillo County Department of Behavioral Health Services to help NDWI. So open the Uber app now and enter the code GOLOBOS. Then if you've done a little bit too much celebrating, cheering on your New Mexico Lobos, request an Uber through the app and we'll pay up to $10 for your ride. This offer is good for the first 500 people who use the code between Friday, September 10th at 6 a.m. and Sunday, September 12th at 3 a.m. Remember to always drink responsibly and together we can end DWI. Go Lobos! 
This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Because there's only one you, Views Alto is the vape as unique as you are. With Views by You, you can make your unique mix with any of four colors, three flavors, three nicotine levels, and infinite wrap designs. So how will you do you? Make Views Alto a vape that is yours. In store now. Discover more at Views.com. Views. Charge beyond. Vapor products. Underage sale prohibited. Website and offers restricted to age 21 and over tobacco consumers. Panera believes in saying yes. Yes to clean, fresh ingredients. Yes to the new chicken sausage and pepperoni flatbread topped with rich mozzarella. Yes to delicious mac and cheese. Yes to putting it on a sandwich, creating the grilled mac and cheese sandwich. And yes to impromptu road trips to Sandwich, Illinois. Because that's living life to the flavor fullest. Get free delivery when you order on our app through September 14th. Panera. Live your yes. Pricing and product availability may vary. Visit PaneraBread.com. Dell's semi-annual sale is the perfect opportunity for a significant business upgrade. Save up to 45% on Dell computers built for business with Windows 10 Pro. Plus, enjoy special pricing on Dell docks, monitors, servers, and more, all with easy financing options through Dell Financial Services. Succeed anywhere with Windows 10 Pro. Speak to a Dell Technologies advisor today to find the right tech for your business with fast, free shipping. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. The pitch is moving up a day. Antonio's Animation Studio needs a 3D designer today. What are we going to do? Someone who's as artistic as they are organized. How are we going to get all this done? What about what about the production schedule? Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Screen for quality candidates with the skills your role needs with Indeed assessments. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Don't just friggin' sit there. Get in the game right now at 246-0610. 888-922-0610. Brought to you by Quan's Auto Care Collision and Repair. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Welcome back, Albuquerque. You're listening to ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and 610 AM, the sports animal. With us for the rest of the segment, sorry, Sarah, it's a short segment, but with us we have Sarah Regala from Big Brothers Big Sisters Mountain Region. Good morning. Good morning. I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you. Sarah, thank you so very much for taking the time out of your busy weekend. Your impromptu busy weekend as your bowl for kids' sake took a pivot to uh to like a five K. Like kinda of, can you kinda of yes. fill the listener in on what's going on and how they can come out and support tomorrow or do it remotely from a digital walking experience? Absolutely. So our bowl for kids' sake is our biggest fundraiser of the year. It supports, you know, what we do, which is one to one mentoring with big brothers, big sisters. So we match a big with a little and these relationships really change lives. And unfortunately, we had to cancel our bowling event, which is so much fun. Um, due to COVID, it happened again. Um, and so we have decided to pivot to a walk for kids' sake. And it is taking place tomorrow, and it's going to be a really fun event. It starts at 10 a.m. in Santa Fe at the Rail Yard Park. We're going to do a little 5K that's only three miles. Um, I've walked the course. It's great. It's super easy. So come out and join us, um, and we will be fundraising for the children. If you can't come and meet us in person, uh, please feel free to do so online. So we have this great website where you can sign up a team. You can do a virtual walk where you don't even have to walk. Or you can actually do a walk in your own neighborhood or wherever you are. And so, Fred, I know you have a team and wanted to get on here and tell people that if you'd like to donate to Fred's team, Fred and Van, they are the sports animals team. And you can do that by going to bbbsmountainregion.org slash WSKS. 
and you'll find his team there, and you can donate right there. I'm also setting it up as we speak on helpyourboys.com, helpyourboysboys.com, and that'll be up within, like, the next two minutes. Love it. Love it. I'm super excited. It's going to be a great event. We've got a lot of people coming out. We're going to have a taco truck at the end and some music and fun. Um, in the rail yard park, and it should just be a really, really good time, you know, socially distant, safe way to come out and support the community. Oh, my goodness, Sarah. I love walking. I love helping kids. Is there any availability? Are you full? I am not full, and there's absolutely availability. Van, we will see you there. We would love to have you. Like I said, you can join us in person um, at the rail yard park tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., or you can do it virtually. Or you can do it in your own neighborhood, and if you get on the website, it'll tell you exactly how to do it. You can walk through step by step, <laughs> get it, and it's going to be a good fun time. Okay, you're too much. <laughs> <laughs> who are the uh, who are the community partners? Who's out helping you tomorrow? We've got quite a few community partners. We're super thankful to have Del Norte involved, Elevation Financial, Century Bank. Uh, we've got a few more. We've got Coca Cola. We have. Um, We've got a big sponsorship sign and benefits there, and you'll see all of our sponsors. Those are some of our main ones. We're super thankful to have everyone who's been a part of this you know, amazing event. They've really stepped up and helped us out, even though we've had to switch from the bowling. So thank you to everyone who's been involved. Another great event from Big Brothers Big Sisters. What do you guys have coming up in the future, and how do people help and find out about what you going on? What got going on? Absolutely. So we are always accepting volunteers. We always need bigs. And that's a big part of our program is trying to recruit people to give their time to really be with a child. Um, It's only four hours a month is the thing I tell people is, you know, don't be intimidated by the time. I'm a big sister. It's a wonderful experience. Uh, But I do get that some people just don't have that ability right now, you know, due to circumstance or time. And if you can't become a big, then please think about supporting us financially through an event like this, through a you know, this walk for kids sake or through our annual appeal um, or just get on our website and donate. We, we would love to have your support. Um, all of it goes to such an amazing cause and really helps these children out, which need it now more than ever. Um, you know, it's been a really, really tough two years for these kids. You can now log on to helpyourboys.com, helpyourboysboys.com, and that will take you to our team. Um, don't let the low number fool you. We We have a private donor on the side that it's just easier to do otherwise. So, but yeah, we are very excited <laughs> to be able to be a part of helping you as we always enjoy it so greatly. Uh, since the last time we spoke was your golf tournament and Gallup, did you come yeah. up with a final number? What was our fundraising effort for the golf tournament and Gallup? I believe it was around 50,000. It was a super oh. successful event. And we were so happy to have you all there. That's so awesome. We Jeez. love helping. Yeah. We love being helpers. It's great. I love being able to claim that I was part of something that Sarah did because she does such a good job. So the event's at 10 a.m. tomorrow. What time do you suggest people come out? 10 a.m., yeah. We'll probably get take off at about 10, 15, so we'll have some time to register people right there. So you, even if you don't get a chance to sign up in advance, you know, come come out and join us tomorrow morning, and we'll, we'll get you all signed up and ready to go. And should be a great time, and I'm always happy to get to hang out with you two. I'm going to say it because I think it's important. If you show up to do the walk tomorrow and you donate one hundred dollars, you get a T shirt. That's it's it. A nice T shirt. That's the most it's important thing. A nice T shirt. Because <laughs> people will do anything for a T shirt. Hey, and if it's you like donate a hundred dollars in the name of the boys, B O I S, the ABQ Central, we'll give you one of our T shirts too. Oh, okay. So How now we're throwing that? in our T shirts as well. Friends of the show T shirts. That's two T shirts. 
double the shirts for your dollar. Ooh. I love it. Sarah, I love the match here. I know we had to keep it tight because uh, Adam Young in the New Mexico State Aggies ran late because he's hated and he his favorite player is bro hard, but he is a blowhard. Anything we missed <laughs> before we let you go about the event tomorrow or anything that Big Brothers Big Sisters is doing? I don't think so. Like Fred said, his team does have a private donor, but I'm still going to say I think you guys could raise more money. So jump on the website and donate to the sports animals, and we'll we'll try to see if they can't beat out the, the top team. Love that so very much. Helpyourboys.com, helpyourboysboys.com to donate to our team for Big Brothers Big Sisters. Otherwise, contact Big Brothers Big Sisters Mountain Region for everything that they are doing all the time. How many current matches do you have, like 300 and something? It's incredible. You, you've got it. You've, you've, you've played this game before. You've talked with me. I'm a fan of yours, which is why I know very little, but enough to claim that I know some. We're going to break. <laughs> Sarah Regal, thank you so very much. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah. Tomorrow at 12th Rail Yard Park, get out there by 10 a.m. They're on the way to the goal. They're at roughly $40,000. They were shooting for $80,000. Times are tough. If you're in a position where you can help the youth of the Santa Fe community, please do that. Get on in there, sports animal fan, ABQ Central fan, helpyourboys.com, B-O-I-S.com. Let's go to break. When we get back, Ryan Tamari is going to join us. We're doing NFL preview for a whole freaking hour. Football. Dave Busters presents ABQ Central live from the Talk ABQ studio, powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. When we're on the road, we're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. Connect with your boys in the Graphic Connection Hotline. We're playing it with I-9 Sports. When we're having a drink. We're doing it downtown in Bourbon and Boots. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Joining us in studio, friend of the show, friend in real life, Ryan Tamari. Ryan, how are you? I'm fantastic on this Saturday morning. How are you guys? And thank you for having me on. Ryan will cover for your boys next week as we are out of town. We're on assignment. So get excited for him for the next hour and then get excited for him three hours next week as he's going to talk sports. And um, we're going to give him every contact in our phone so he has some help while he's on here. He's an absolute <laughs> wealth of sports knowledge and experience. I, He's gonna kill it. Uh, I've I've got a good friend of mine, and I can just hear I can just see him or picture him thinking like, "Oh my goodness, you guys left him in charge yeah. of the show." Nah. It'll be a much different program as Ryan actually knows about sports. Here we are with our NFL preview. Uh, we got to do eight conferences in like four segments. So we're gonna do two per. We're gonna go AFC, NFC, both East. I don't know, South, Northwest, whatever. So starting with the East. AFC East. Uh, I got the Bills finishing in first. That's my prediction. Uh, I wanted to say that the Patriots were going to go undefeated and face off against the Buccaneers, but I do not think that they will uh, They will make that leap. I'm now a Buffalo Bills fan. Uh, give me 12-5 and five Buffalo Bills, 11-6, and six, that kind of thing. I'm all on the Josh Allen train. Yeah. I I mean, I'll, if we do a Super Bowl pick later, I'll, I'll give you that. But uh, I, I still think um, – well, I shouldn't say I still think I'm fearful of Mac Jones in New England. I think it's Tom Brady 2.0, and I know a lot of people will probably disagree with me with that, but I think he is the same build, and under Belichick, uh, they're going to be scary. So do you have – you got the Bills taking the division and the Patriots in second? Yes. Patriots going to make the wild card. I have I have the Patriots in the wild card, and I, I am so dumb on this, I forgot that uh, – that they are doing another wild card this year. It's going to be the same format as last year. I thought it was reverting back, and I looked that up the other day, and I was like, wow. 
So there's my plethora of sports knowledge. <laughs> it's far greater than mine, I promise you. I don't think that the Bills, Van, are the best team in the conference. I just think that it sucks. I think the Patriots are not great. I think the Dolphins, like because they can't be eight and eight, they'll be seven and whatever or nine and whatever. the The Jets are garbage. So I think the Bills are the best team of the worst teams. I think the Bills are an actual Super Bowl contender. And friend of the show, longtime listener, knows that I think Josh Allen is the second best quarterback in football, even ahead of my guy, are, the goat Aaron Rodgers. Those are bold words with uh, very bold with Josh Allen. Yeah, I think he's that good. I think he's got that amazing of a skill set, and he's done a lot with a little early in his career. Now he's got an offensive line protecting him. Stephon Diggs became Stephon Diggs last year, so we're going to see him feeding him all year. If they stay healthy and the defense can win a couple games, watch out. And I got the Bills in the AFC Championship. But contrary to you two, I have the Dolphins second place in the league. I think the Dolphins have a very deep roster and Mm -hmm. a very deep skill set. And it all depends, like most teams in the NFL do, on their quarterback. Can, Can Tua play above average quarterback? If he can, Dolphins get into the playoffs. And all three of us agree that the Jets not only will finish last in the conference, but they'll have a chance to have the first overall draft pick where they can take Trevor Brohard out of NMSU. I would get a... You know he's a linebacker, though, right? Yeah. He's a game changer. (laughs) Freaking game changer. I think Zach Wilson's going to end up being the real deal, just not this year. I think that the Dolphins are going to be pesky enough to upset... New England or or Buffalo, like get them once, um, but I can't. I, I man, I, I'm on the Bill Belichick train. I've always been for the last 20 years. It's all I know. Hard to bet against him. He yeah. looks exactly like Tom Brady. He plays exactly like Tom Brady. Yeah. He's got the chip on his shoulder like Tom Brady. He's quiet and reserved like Tom Brady until Tom Brady moved to Florida. So he's got all the makings of Tom Brady. And you know Belichick just walking around with a boner all the time (laughs) because he got another Tom Brady. He's like, did you guys see Cam Newton's uh, video he shot with his dad talking about why he got cut? You see this yesterday? I read about it. Oh, my gosh. This is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. So they're sitting in the middle of what I assume is this high school football field. I don't know if that's true. And he's got his ponytail through the cutout top of his Pharrell hat. And he's saying, I could have stayed. I could have been the. I could have been the mentor, but uh, Mac Jones couldn't have handled me. His his aura. What? That's what he said. Yeah, he said his aura. I'm like, he said his presence alone because he sings in the car. He's got big Ricky Henderson vibes right now. Yeah, he's all Cam Newton could play quarterback for the New England Patriots, but Cam Newton is too much of a distraction to Mac Jones because Cam Newton's aura is all Cam Newton, and Cam Newton got Fig Newtons all over the place because of something, something. That's real. Yeah. Pivoting to the NFC East because we got to keep it tight. I think the real question is like, would either of you rock a hat like that? Yes, I would for a Halloween costume. Ah, <laughs> I do it on a daily basis. And him and his dad are both wearing the same dumb hat. Aww, stop being your dad. My Philadelphia, uh, my guard. I think you're projecting there, Fred. <laughs> are you looking in a mirror? Yes. My Gardner Minshew-led Philadelphia Eagles will finish in last place in the NFC East. They don't have a shot in hell. And I think the rest of it is a cluster above that. But uh, give me the Washington football team to to take that conference. I'll take uh, Washington football team. 
and this is coming from I don't really you know, normally I wouldn't like to say it in this setting, but yeah, I'm a New York football Giants fan. Um, this is Daniel Jones on his last leg. I defend Eli Manning until the day I die. Hey, you're the only one, and the only, and probably the only one in Albuquerque. Uh, I don't have a problem with the Dallas Cowboys per se. I have a problem with Albuquerque Dallas Cowboy fan, and hey, I have uh, been throwing up here. Um, 505-246-0610. Call right Come in, berate Ryan. Yeah, uh, I've dealt with it. I can deal with it. Um, I I think Dak, and I'm not sugarcoating it. He looked damn good Thursday night against a very good defense. I know you guys already talked about that. I'm just giving my two cents. They will be dangerous, and I cannot wait for them to play Chase Young and that Washington football team. I still have a hard time saying Washington football team. When they play that Washington football team that, defense, I'm excited for that game. That Chase Young will be the defensive player of the year. Hey, that's the same prediction I got. Chase you got? Young, DPOY, and the Washington football team will take the East. It's going to be a war of attrition. No one is like a complete, really good football team, but I think the Washington football team has the best position players. And do you believe in magic? Yes. Because I do. I hope Ryan Fitzmagic gets 17 starts this year because he's been underrated his whole career. He's never had a team this good. He's never been on a team this good. And I think his, his competence will lead the Washington football team to the division title. And the Dallas Cowboys did show out pretty well, didn't they? Like, they look good against Tampa Bay's league-leading defense. So I have the Washington football team winning the division and the Dallas Cowboys winning the wild card. If Ryan Fitzpatrick, with this offense, starts 17 games, he will lead the NFL in highlights. He will have the most passes. He will have the most long bombs. He will have the most improvisation he's insanely talented I want and to know what we really care about here at abq central he will have the best post-game interviews yes that's what yeah. matters i want to know what his odds are for mvp hot take take them put it put it down jot he, that down if they have defensive player of the year and offensive player of the year i would be very surprised because i just love ryan fitzpatrick but i recognize he's only a man he's Barely a man. He's going to chunk the ball up to touchdown Terry McLaurin 20 times a game. Yes. He puts his pants on just like you. No. No, he doesn't. He jumps into them, and they're far more stylish. <laughs> uh, bold, bold prediction for this uh, conference. If the Cowboys, if the Cowboys fall to, like, at midseason, they're, like, 3-5. and five. Or they're like three and six or three and seven. Mike McCarthy will not be the coach of this team. Agreed. I think you're correct there. Agreed. He looks so. He looked like somebody stole his plate at a buffet when uh, Suckup kicked the field goal the other night to win the game. He looks so distraught, and he looks so frustrated. The quarterback in New York is going to decide how New York goes this season. I don't know if I see Jones as a guy who can emerge as a franchise quarterback. I thought Jones was a reach in the draft. In 19? And we haven't seen a lot of development. He had a little promise as a rookie. We haven't seen any development since. I see a situation where the Giants and the Eagles are fighting for the bottom, mm -hmm. and neither of them have the quarterback that they started the season with. You got the Cowboys winning the conference? Or do you have the uh, football team? Football team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Cowboys, 
like really best case scenario, 10-11 wins. Really, that's the best case scenario. Sure. Worst case scenario, 5-6 wins. And I think the difference in those two things is going to be like very minute. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of fourth quarter shutouts because their secondary isn't going to stop a lot of people. Mm-hmm. One really good corner and everyone else is pretty middling in that secondary. How did the Eagles fall so far from where they were? Got rid of their coach and then, well, got rid of their offensive coordinator, who was the real coach. Yeah, I think the loss of fright right there was, I mean, you know, 2017, they were rolling, steamrolling people with Carson Wentz. Um, I always like to say that that season never happened as a New York football Giants fan. I blocked it out of my memory. But (laughs) what Nick Foles did... I mean, it's he, he, Jeff Hostetler, and I love it, and I love his positive. He's got a lot of quotes after that game and what he went through and struggled and how he became a starter and then a backup. Um, I love that. But, yet yeah, the, the fall from fruition in the matter of, like, three years is well, just and, astonishing. And Jalen Hurts being, like, the one-year stopgap between what was Carson Wentz and what is now the Minshew era. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, to me, is a big, a big pivot. I think Minshew's got a couple years in him as a backup, and then he's going to be someone's head football coach. Washington State University, with any luck. He should he should replace whoever's on Monday Night Football. He should be the he should be the color analyst. He we just had that talk. I don't think his future is under center. We all have the Washington football team. Yes, sir. All and, right, and you have the Cowboys finishing second. Correct, and getting a wild card. I think they're yeah. going to get a wild card. Okay, yeah. I could see that. I could absolutely see that. But Phil- again, Philadelphia will upset some people. Philadelphia is going to be a thorn in a few teams' sides throughout the year. They're going to win some games. They're like, what? Hertz is going to run for two touchdowns and throw for three touchdowns, and then the next week he's going over. I think the one thing I don't understand is how I think Jalen Hurts is going to be great. No, no disrespect to Menchu, but. On a serious note, yeah, I thought I thought Jalen Hurts was going to be fantastic, and I don't understand the question marks with him being the starting quarterback there. I think he's going to be the real deal now. This year might be a pass, but um, I think let them let them let him take the reins and see what he can do. I think he's a special talent. And he was a special talent in college. I know that doesn't always translate to pro ball, but I think he's he's the guy in Philly. AFC West and East, when we get back from the break, we're doing with Ryan Tamari. Dave Busters presents ABQ Central live from the Talk ABQ studio, powered by New Mexico. Pinion Coffee, when we're on the road, we're on the road with Chisholm Trail. RV, connect with your boys in the Graphic Connection Hotline. We're playing it with I-9 Sports, and we're having a drink. We're doing it with Bourbon and Boots. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Continuing our one-hour-long NFL roundtable of predictions. AFC West. Ryan Tamari joins us. I have just become the biggest Raiders fan in this city. Vinny makes you want to believe, doesn't he? Yeah. I have just, we have just, this station has just announced us as the official host of the Monday Night Football viewing party at Bourbon and Boots for the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders. But, gosh, I would not be surprised if they struggled this Monday night. Baltimore is very good. Even with all the injuries that Baltimore faced, I still think it's a pretty easy pick, Baltimore over Vegas. I'm putting the Raiders, sadly to admit, more than likely dead-ass last in the AFC West. 
The problem is there's going to be some really good competition at the bottom in the West. I think both Denver and Las Vegas will be around 500, and it's going to be a fight to the bottom. But they'll both win a lot of games. They're a competitive football team. It's not like they're the Houston Texans or Detroit Lions. Like They're going to win some games. I think Vegas and I keep wanting to call them the San Diego Superchargers, the L.A. Chargers are – a lot better than people give them credit for. I hope there's not a sophomore slump for Herbert, Justin Herbert, but I I, I think it's going to be a much tighter division race than people think. I think Ooh. Denver's defense is a lot better. I'm obviously I'm not picking against the Chiefs. I cannot pick against Patrick Mahomes, um, but I I think the Raiders and the Chargers are going to be much better than people think. I can give you that. Yeah, I think both. Like I said, both Denver and Vegas are going to be around 500, and they're going to win a lot of football games. But I got the Chiefs running away at the division. They're just too talented. They got Patrick Mahomes. They got the best tight end in football. They got one of the best two or three wide receivers in football. They got they got Tyreek Hill, who's the fastest man in the NFL. And the second fastest man in the NFL is Tyreek Hill's understudy, Mecole Hard. They got the two fastest dudes in the league and the guy who could throw it the farthest in the league. I see Kansas City running away with it and upstart Chargers with your boy, Justin Herbert, will get a wild card spot. You think running away? What is running away in your definition? Like they're only going to lose one or two games this year. That's how you feel about the Chiefs? Yeah. See, because I, I don't know if I feel that way, and I think specifically it's because of this conference. So, like, I think the Chargers are going to hand an L to the Chiefs at least once. Sure. And they got a possibility to do it twice. Mm. And in my opinion – Whoever wins this division, I keep saying conference. Whoever wins this division is gonna is gonna have like a a thirteen and four, twelve and five kind of record, and whoever's in second is gonna have a twelve and five, eleven and six kind of record. I see that. So yeah. I think it's gonna be super tight. Uh, you boys are going Chiefs. I'm gonna go Las Vegas of Los Angeles Superchargers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Chargers are gonna be very good, man. That's my prediction. That's my big what, what, what. I don't. I think the Chargers will overtake the Chiefs for by AFC West. By QBR, Justin Herbert was literally the best quarterback in football last year. Love that. With a porous offensive line and an injured receiving core. Statistically, by QBR, better than Rodgers, better than Mahomes, better than Josh Allen was Justin Herbert last year. And he was a rookie, and a rookie, which makes it even even better. I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm on the Justin Herbert train. I I think he's a. Fan. I thought he was great at Oregon, and I see big things from him. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know if I said it. I like the yeah I like the Chiefs, and I don't know if anybody else from that division can get a wild card. I think they're going to beat each other up, but I think they're going to again Chiefs. Excuse me, Chargers and Raiders are going to be much better than people think, and and Denver. Pivoting to the NFC West, the division. The last place Arizona Cardinals will win four games. Oh no, more than that. They're better than that. No, no, they are not. Arizona is my surprise team this year in the NFC West. I'm very surprised by you telling me this. Yeah, I think Kyler Murray is the truth. They have a very good receiving core, an average offensive line that will protect Murray enough, but also allow him to run around like a maniac and make big plays above average defense like any 
you could tell me, you can make an argument for any team in the NFC West, and I'll be like, yeah, that sounds correct. That sounds correct. I just don't trust the Niners' health. Every single, every single big name on the Niners has been hurt in the last two years, and I don't see them going, especially the first 17-game season, with only one bye week and making it all the way through the year. So I have the Rams winning the West, and then Seattle and Arizona getting wild cards, and San Francisco being somewhere around 500 and missing the playoffs. This is Unpopular a, pick there. This is this might be the first time in well we've only had this playoff format for two years but you could have the entire division in the postseason um i'm not on the 49ers bandwagon i was not two years ago i thought it was fluky i know their defense was good uh they got exploited late in that super bowl against the chiefs um hot take guy uh but i i i like i like los angeles i think matt stafford is the perfect fit for sean mcveigh you i i've seen jared goff and mcveigh annihilate people in person i was at a giants game where they the giants allowed the most points in metlife giant stadium giant stadium history against the rams a couple years ago um but i think matt putting matt stafford that puzzle piece into that equation is very dangerous i like seattle and arizona to compete for a wild card and probably get it i i'm not on the 49er bandwagon so i've irked the albuquerque dallas and san francisco fans so i'm waiting for the text line to be flooded it's uh, it's coming in already the i'm gonna tell you right now i think i am a 49ers guy here um come january the 49ers will be in the conversation for the postseason mark my words now are they atop the division or are they number two in the division looking at a wild card i don't know exactly but i'm gonna tell you it's not the seahawks and it's not the cardinals the Rams and the Niners are what's going to make this division, and it depends if they can beat up on everyone else. Uh, I'm going to say the more Jimmy Garoppolo plays, the better off the 49ers will be. So if Jimmy Garoppolo gets yanked early for Lance or if he gets hurt, the 49ers are in a world of trouble. If Jimmy Garoppolo stays under center, I get no one's under center anymore. If Jimmy Garoppolo stays in shotgun, huh. then I think the 49ers got a chance to win 10, 11 games, 12 games. I think they're very good. I also think the Rams are a 11, 12, 13 win team, um, which is insanely good. So if the Rams can beat up, or excuse me, if the 49ers can beat up on the Rams, I think the 49ers have a chance. If the Rams have their number the way that I believe the Rams will have the rest of the division's number, then it's the Rams to lose. I'm going to take the 49ers. Um, so that's over the L.A. Rams. But Rams also getting a wild card. That That's my belief. I think Matthew Stafford, this is the best situation he's been his whole career. Great receivers, great offensive line, the defense that's going to keep giving him the ball back over and over again. Mm -hmm. Matthew Stafford is a good odds-on bet for MVP. If, like, he's not, like the, he's not the favorite, but the odds are beautiful. The situation he's in for the first time in his career – and to piggyback what you said about the Niners, like this, like the Niners to me this year are like the Chiefs when they transferred into Patrick Mahomes. You let Trey Lance understudy all year. He's got all the tools of an NFL quarterback, just not NFL speed or NFL talent group experience. So you have Jimmy G leading your team this year. You hand the keys of the Porsche over to Trey Lance next year, add a couple pieces, and then next year the Niners are one of the best teams in the league. I think if Matt Stafford can build a rhythm over the like first quarter of the season to where he's not just getting hit every other play and like literally being scraped up off the turf or grass, 
that is going to be the changer. Because if Stafford can go out there and be like, oh, I'm going to leave with the health that I walked in with, like that to me is a mental comfort that he's never had. I've I've always kind of felt bad for Matt Stafford. I felt like he's a hidden gem up in in Detroit because they've he got them to the postseason twice, and you you think about it and you look at his stats and you look at the year Megatron broke the what was it twenty twelve he broke the most receiving yards in a in a season, and that was Matt Stafford. Like I, sorry to repeat myself, he's a hidden gem, and I now that he's in he's in Hollywood, quote unquote. Like, well, I think I, I'm, I'm and with McVeigh, I know I'm. Yeah, I think it's I think it's dangerous. But and, and real quick, I I don't understand like the the argument with Jimmy G not being like a starter. Like his record is superb as a starter of the 49ers. He's like 22 and 10 or something like that. He's, I don't have it in front won, of me, but he's won 3 quarters of the games he's started. Yeah, exactly. Problem he doesn't start all season. Who was opposite Megatron in 2012? Was it it was it was like joke guys, right? It was like Mike Fury. It was like Roy Williams. Yeah, like these are like. Of course, you're going to break. Th- you're the only guy. You're the only option. This, but also, he-, he did it with people double teaming him every play. Yeah, yeah. The Rams team has three wide receivers that should all catch over fifty balls, and two of those guys should catch closer to eighty balls. Yep, and two good running backs. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame they lost Acres, but it's still uh, McVay is probably like a Belichick guy. You know, it's running back by committee. Exactly that. The Arizona Cardinals have lost more fans, I think, in my viewing lifetime than any other team. From like the the peak they had with like Kurt Warner and Larry Fitzgerald and those guys to where they currently are, I just I don't see the fan base. Well, if you've ever been to a Cardinals home game, I've not. They don't have home games. Whoever is in town, because Phoenix is a transplant city. Right. So whatever football team is in town, there's more fans of that team there. But if Arizona starts winning football games, the fans will show up and finally change the tide there. The year they went on that run where they lost to Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl, I went to, with a couple of my buddies, I went to, I have a good friend that is a Arizona Cardinal fan, and it's, you know, far and few between. Um, but I went and saw they they opened up that round against Matt Ryan. He was a rookie with the Atlanta Falcons. That place was rocking, man. It was a lot of Cardinal fans. Now I'm starting to show my age. My senior year of high school, I went to see the Giants play the Cardinals at Sun Devil Stadium in Tempe, and it was transplant city, man. It was the stadium was just blue. Yeah. There was no red. It was all Giants fans. It was like, hey, how you doing? It was terrible. It was it was a, as a Giants fan, it was a horrible experience. But you know, that to your point, Van. I want to, and I want to be like jazzed about him because I want to agree with you, Van, and say like the quarterback is special, and there's a reason JJ Watt went there, and and the wide receiver, although like mentally a different dude, like is insanely physically talented. Sure. I just I don't even think they can beat the other teams in the division, and when none of us have talked about Seattle because we all think they're nine and eight or seven and nine, and we, I think we all think that ten, ten and seven, yeah, snatches a wild card. But two of those ones will be against Arizona. One. I could see this whole division splitting with each other. Everyone's one and one against their division, and they beat up on everyone else. That's what I see happening in the West. That would be fantastic to see. Yeah. Do you have any wild cards out of this one? Seattle and Arizona. Oh, wow. Yeah. For for as much trash talking as I was doing about the 49ers, I legitimately think that this entire division can make the postseason. Sure. And I think the Rams will win it. But it'll be, a, you know, 
it'll be a sprint towards the finish with the other three teams, but I can't see anybody getting past Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. That that defense, it's nasty, man. And Aaron Donald, I don't know, he's one of my favorite players to watch. I'm I, I wish I was in another body, all five seven and one fifty. <laughs> Me, I wish I I would have loved to have played defensive line. I I eat that up all day. I love watching those highlights. So Aaron Donald's one of my favorite players. I agree that they should have a top five defense. They could have the top defense if everyone stays healthy. Let's grab a break. When we get back, we'll do the AFC North and the NFC North. Dave Busters presents ABQ Central live from the Talk ABQ studio, powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. When we're on the road, we're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. Connect with your boys on the Graphic Connection Hotline. We're playing it with 99 Sports. We're having to drink. We're doing it downtown at Bourbon Boots. 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. All right, we're halfway. We're halfway through them. This song, this song hits so hard that my microphone is bopping. All right. Where did I say we're going? AFC North? The North. God help me for this prediction. I have the Cleveland Browns running away with it. What did I just say out loud? Same. Finally. What did I just say out loud? Finally. The Cleveland Browns? I wish I had the uh, the Donald Trump uh, soundbite of wrong. (laughs) I'm still going. Yeah, 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 wrong. Wrong. A Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm going with Pittsburgh. I think this. Oh God, cliche. Uh, the last, the last dance for for, for Roethlisberger. I got to stop saying that. It's like turning everything into a gate. You know, Spygate, Watergate. Five years. It's been Ben Roethlisberger's last season. That's true. He's the, he's the last of the. I don't know three. I don't know what I'm going to call. Oh, them. fivers. Three, three horsemen. No, oh, three. Eli and oh, three. Eli. Oh, three. And, Eli and Philip, um, and his ten kids. Um, I like Pittsburgh. I think this is it, and. Um, I think that they are poised to make a, a deep run, and I think they're upset from last year. And I don't—it's Cleveland, like it's still Cleveland. You just think the the curse of being Cleveland Browns is just going to loom over them, and they're going to choke this year? Yeah, I can see a lot of people seeing that, but Cleveland—I think Cleveland, besides Tampa Bay, besides Kansas City, Cleveland has the third most talented roster in football. I wouldn't argue against that. They just have to play together. And finally, for the first time in Baker Mayfield's career, he has a coach and offensive coordinator for a second year. He's had a different coach and a different offensive coordinator every year of his career. And Baker Mayfield gives me Tom Brady vibes because he plays passionately. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. And he's one of those guys that he's not happy unless he's winning. He's never come across arrogant to me. I think he's just a confidence guy and that's a confident guy and that's the the chip on the shoulder. I like him. And I'm not I'm not I think Cleveland is a wild card team through and through. I think Cincinnati has the worst record in football this year, and I think Joe Burrows would be very excited about being able to draft Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State as a wide receiver next year, and then they will have a chance to start being good. Cincinnati's gonna finish at the very bottom of the barrel. Steelers are probably gonna be right there. <sighs> Eight and seven and nine, nine and eight. They're going to miss the playoffs, and I think the Ravens or the Browns take the division, and they both end up in the playoffs. It seems ages ago, but the Pittsburgh Steelers were eleven and zero last year. You remember that? That's stupid. That that's true. They were eleven and zero, and then ended up going one and five. So I think they're more one and five than eleven and zero. 
and I have Pittsburgh winning some games. They'll be somewhere around 500. But you have them, Ryan, winning the North, and I have them missing the playoffs. I got Cleveland winning the North, Baltimore being a wild card, Cincinnati. Congratulations. You're going to have the third or fourth or fifth pick next year. Number one. Keep building. Joe Burrow is going to have a great season if he stays healthy because they're going to be behind so much. Him and him and Chase are going to have a great season because they're going to be two best friends out there and there's no one else in the whole wide world. <laughs> yeah. If he can stay upright, they don't have a line. I don't care about offensive lines. They're like linemen. No, I'm just kidding. It's overrated. I think, yeah, I see Pittsburgh losing a lot of close games and ending up around 500 and missing the playoffs. They're definitely not running like 11 and 12 and 0 out of the gate. No way. Yeah. Who is the leader of the pack in the NFC North? I see what you did there. Green Bay. Easily. Easily down. Green Bay. Yeah, same. Green Bay will be the class of the NFC North. They will win it easily. And I don't have another team in the North making the playoffs. I don't have another team above 500. I think the Vikings will be around 500. That That is that is a 8-9 and nine team. Sure. Yeah. 8-9 and nine is around 500. Thunder. I, I'm going to see the Bears making a couple upsets this year and playing well. I'm a believer in Justin Fields. I've been very vocal about besides sunshine, Justin Fields will be the best quarterback from this class, and he's going to be very good for the Chicago Bears. And Chicago Bear fan, be happy. You finally have a legitimate quarterback. They're still they're still going with Andy Dalton. Well, they they should. Sunday night, yeah. Yeah, their, their offensive line is quite porous, and they don't want their shiny new toy going back there unexperienced, unexperienced with the speed of the NFL and getting hurt his first or second game. So let him beat up the Red Rockets. The Packers will get fat on this division and then will win zero playoff games. That could be correct. I have them winning one playoff game. I do not have the Packers in the NFC Championship in my prediction model. And that sucks because I'm a Packers fan. If I'm a Packers fan, I don't want to get to the NFC title game because under Rodgers, what they're one in, four, they're yeah. one in four. You know, like yeah. last year should have been a little different, I think. But yeah, it's 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 an oddity that you he gets there and they just are a completely different team. Every I mean, when they when Atlanta beat them in what 2017, they got shellacked yeah. down in Atlanta, and it was they caught they caught lightning in a bottle to get there. And I thought I thought they were a much better team than Tampa last year, but it's the Brady effect. Yeah, I mean, Packer fan, be happy because you've been spoiled for 30 years. Mm-hmm. You went from Favre to Rodgers, a winning team every year, gave you something to watch every year, and it looks like Rodgers' run is possibly over after this year. But the Packers organization never did enough for Rodgers. It was Aaron Rodgers and a slightly above-average offense and a slightly above-average defense losing to a better team every year in the playoffs over and over and over again. And that's what I see happening again this year. The thing I am excited about is for the Bears to start off around 500, so like 3-3, three and 3-3 three, three and three kind of thing. And then the fan base being like, hey, you got to give me fields. And then he wins like one game the rest of the year, and they're like, oh, okay, he learned his – took his licks. Uh-huh. That's what that's going to end up being. That's the storyline, I think, in the NFC North. The real bet, if you're asking me to place a bet, 
is not what's going to happen this year, but it's does Aaron Rodgers go to Minnesota or Denver? And then if you want to put a rider on it, does he go with Devontae Adams? Devontae Adams is going to be a free agent. Yes. Aaron Rodgers restructured his contract so he could possibly be a free agent. Correct. Because now it's a it's a player option instead of a, a team option. You would think that whoever gets Aaron Rodgers gets Devontae Adams. That's like a two package. That's it's a two package. Friggin' deal. sweet. There's something poetic about them going to Minnesota. Because their quarterback sucks. This is this is the Kirk Cousins last ride. Yes. But and he's then, laughing all the way to the bank. Well, yeah. He did very well. Kirk Cousins does not suck. As a person? He is completely average. <laughs> As and a person. You can't, well. you can't be a completely average team with a completely average quarterback and hope to make big waves in the NFL. you got to have one or the other. I would agree that Kirk Cousins is little waves. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. He's little ripples. Yeah. <sighs> if, if you have, like, a stacked roster on both sides of the ball and Kirk Cousins, you could win a lot of football games. You can't be average with Kirk Cousins, and you can definitely not be bad with Kirk Cousins. Case Keenum got him to an NFC title game. Isn't that bonkers? Yeah. I mean, he can play the gunslinger. There's a better roster on both sides that year, though. Stephon Diggs. To no one's surprise, the Lions will be the second overall draft pick in the NFL behind Cincinnati. I got Texans being the worst team. You do. Texans might not win a game. You know I'm that guy that does that, too. I'm like the, they're not going to win a game. They're going to win all the games. I don't feel like there's any team that won't win a game. But I feel like the Lions will be fortunate to win three or four. I agree with Van. I think Houston's going to be fortunate to. That's a. The bad roster. That's a bad situation down there. They're punting. Come on down to the stadium, y'all, where you only have to watch your team for three snaps and a punt. Uh, plenty of time taking the amenities. I don't know the name of the Houston Stadium. I feel like I should. It's family friendly. Reliance do you, Stadium's family. Or do you like seeing the defense on the field for 40 minutes yeah. a game? Boy, do I have the team for you. Listen to us, fans. We got this hype video ready, and eight of our ten hype chants are all for the defense. <laughs> give it give it eight or nine weeks, and they're going to be on their social media pushing for their punter to be the Pro Bowl. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, their middle linebacker and their punter will both be in the Pro Bowl because the linebacker is going to lead 250 <laughs> tackles. He's going to get 250 tackles. And then the punter is going to have the most punts. It's actually kind of, for me, disheartening with Houston taking this huge fall because I thought they had one of the best like nicknames for their linebacker cores. I mean, they called themselves that. They were the Rock Boys. <laughs> And it was so corny. What is that? And they'd like they would make a play and they would start like pretending that they were strumming a guitar and Deshaun Watson did it. It was it like sounds that. like something out of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like sure. the rock the rock boys. The best air guitar of all time is from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. No argument. That's kind of what started it, right? Air guitar? Yeah. I hadn't seen any I mean, besides like a dude at a concert, I've never seen anyone do like an air guitar, unironically. I one time saw it at a wedding reception. <laughs> there was a guy standing, like, stage right of the band that was performing at the wedding, and this guy was just ripping on the guitar, like, in the band. And then standing stage right was, like, a guy at the reception, and he was trying to, like, pantomime, mimic the exact, like, motions. Mm. And um, that was difficult for me to accept. That sounds very cringeworthy. Do you remember the early days of the Internet? When like it was all pictures of cats, like E-bombs world, like one of, yeah, E-bombs world era, like one of the biggest things to emerge from the internet besides 
cat videos and Chuck Norris facts was air guitar competitions. Do you remember how big of a deal this was I for like two that. years? Yeah, I do not. Well, I, we have I to revisit it I during try, the break. I tried to raise the bar in high school. I do uh, and college. It was air bass and air drum. We're going to wrap it up with our South predictions. We get back from the break. Uh, forget the name. I'll give it to you on the way back. 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. All right, we're up against it a little bit, so we're going to condense the South because it's, well, they're the two easiest. I got the Texans in at least the bottom three of the league, possibly first, second, or third overall draft pick. They're going to finish dead last. And then, obviously, the Jacksonville Jaguars with league MVP, All-Pro Offensive Player of the Year, and Rookie of the Year, Trevor Lawrence, winning the AFC South. You are a crazy person. Ryan, you're closer. Check his temperature. Is, is he okay? Is that, not, is that not what you guys have? I think Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent. He is going to be phenomenal, but not this year. He's going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars – from the doldrums of the NFL into being a contender as soon as next year, but not this year. I think that the Tex I, I'm on the Trevor Lawrence train. I think that uh the Houston Texans will probably be one of the worst teams in NFL history. And I said NFL history. This I, I don't know how they're I don't even know they don't even know what they're doing with Deshaun Watson. Um I think Trevor Lawrence is gonna show that he's gonna have a long successful career at points this season and probably starting on Sunday or tomorrow. Um, but I can't pick against King Henry. I love, I love Derrick Henry. I love Derrick Henry. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking Tennessee to win the division. And I think Indianapolis will compete for wild card if Carson Wentz is healthy and he's back with his boy, Frank Wright. Exactly what Ryan said. <laughs> Skip me. Tennessee's too good. If Tennessee's defense plays well, not only are they going to win the division, but Tennessee's a Super Bowl contender. If Carson Wentz stays healthy, they got a good offensive line, a good defense, a good running game. I got Indianapolis getting a wild card spot. Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence is going to play amazing some weeks and look like a rookie some weeks. They're going to be a little under 500, and Houston might not win a game. Legitimately, the Jacksonville's problem will be their college coach and if they run like weird, old, boring, college-style, simplistic NFL schemes. That's the thing that would do them in. Give Trevor Lawrence every opportunity to blow the roof off every week. Show his ability. Show his knowledge. Don't dumb it down for him. I got the Jags. You got the Titans. You got the Titans. I got the Titans. All right. NFC South, uh, this one for me, also a no-brainer. I think the Buccaneers will go. Will be the first team in NFL history to go 17-0. Well, surprise, surprise. Your same prediction as last year. I'm, there's... <laughs> No reason to waver from this. A lot of prognosticators are saying that Tom Brady will have his best year of his career. His he's forty four. Yes, and his the acceleration from his the ball out of his hand is better than when he was twenty four. Well, he got better. He's gotten better. He's yeah. gotten stronger. And I mean, you saw it on Thursday. Still to this day, no one reads a defense like Tom Brady. He picks you apart, and he embarrasses you. And they got the best defense in the league. I think they lose a couple games, but it's because 17-game season. People are going to be going for them. Everyone wants to beat Tom Brady. They're going to mm -hmm. lose a couple games. No, they won't. But they're going to run away with the South. And I got New Orleans playing better than people think they are. And New Orleans, 
snatches the last wild card I spot. I also have New Orleans with the last wild card spot. I like Tampa, and uh, I'm going to sound as crazy as you are. I think they can run the table. Yeah. I think they can go 17-0. I think Jameis Winston is a perfect replacement for Drew Brees. I know I sound crazy saying that. I think they're going to be very good. I think they're going to fight for a playoff spot. And Carolina and uh, – my goodness, who's the other team in that division? Carolina. The Falcons. The Falcons. Carolina and Atlanta. Wow. I'm doing a disservice to Atlanta. Um, you know, Matt Ryan's had, I think, a borderline Hall of Fame career. He'll, they'll win some games, but then, then they'll, the Falcons will Falcon. Uh, they got some exciting players at the bottom of that division. I'm really excited to see how good Kyle Pitts is. Yeah. And he's got a really good quarterback throwing it to him. I, he doesn't, though. He has a declining quarterback who I think is going to rely on him because he can't do it the way he used to physically. That's my opinion on Matt Ryan. Well, they still have Calvin Ridley and an emerging Russell Gage at wide receiver. Cool. They're, they're going to be behind a lot and throwing the ball a lot. Pitts then, is unreal. And then Carolina, they go as Christian McCaffrey goes. If Christian McCaffrey gets over 150 yards rushing and 100 yards receiving, they're going to win. If you can stifle them, they're going to lose. If we were doing the I-9 sports varsity of guys who get injured, Kristen McCaffrey would be at the very top of the, that varsity team. Well, first off, how dare you? In the radio league, the radio fantasy league, Yeah, he's our number one pick. So don't you put that evil on him, Ricky Bobby. I apologize for putting that evil on him. I absolutely apologize. If the Saints play Jameis Winston, they miss the playoffs. If they play Taysom Hill, <laughs> they have a strong possibility to only lose two games this season, both against the Buccaneers. We did 30 minutes on this two weeks ago. <laughs> Jameis Winston sucks. He led the league in touchdowns and interceptions, and he did it blind. Yes. He has LASIK now. He's he, can, the... he can see who he's throwing to now. This okay. is very exciting are for you, the Saints. Are you going to sit here and tell me that Mr. Magoo would be more proficient if he could see? No. I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen this year. The New Orleans Saints are going to be like 3-3, three and 3-4. Three, three and four. Everyone's going to count them out. Winston's going to get that uh, game experience, get control of the Saints playbook, and they're going to be very strong in the second half. We're going to have so much fun with Taysom Hill this year. We save All the cool stuff. Swiss Army knife. We saved the South for the last uh, because I think the my Super Bowl prediction is the Buccaneers will be your Super Bowl champion. I believe the Buccaneers will go 17-0 through the regular season. I believe they'll win every playoff game that's put in front of them, so I don't know what that'll put you, like a 20-0 and season or something crazy, right? 20, uh, yeah. 19-0. 20-0, excuse me. 20-0, and, and that last victory is over the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were able to face off against the hated Buccaneers of Tampa Bay in a Florida-exclusive Super Bowl. And this is radio only this week. We're not streaming any video. Yeah. So, listener does not know that Fred is wearing a Jacksonville Jaguars shirt right now. So, this should come as no surprise that he's overselling the Jaguars this year. And it's vintage because he doesn't play for them anymore. It's a throwback. It's a throwback Gardner Minshew. Vintage from three weeks ago. <laughs> Who do you got in the Super Bowl, Ryan? I think it's going to be a rematch. I like Tampa and Kansas City. I have the same Super Bowl. Uh, NFC, I have Tampa Bay over the Rams. I want my Packers to to compete this year, but I think the defenses of Tampa Bay and Los Angeles are too strong for my Packers. And then Kansas City over the upstart Cleveland Browns in the AFC, and then a rematch of the Super Bowl but with Kansas City on top this time. Vital, who do you got? Packers over Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Oh, I love it. I love it. I hope you're right, brother. I do love that one. They got star quality all around on offense, the Packers, and they got a really good defense. 
I hope one. you're right. I'll be cheering and for him. Zaire Alexander, one of the best corners in the league. All of our friends at Howie's, I'm sorry I didn't pick the Packers. Do you remember last year when Tom Brady won the Super Bowl at home? Do you guys remember that? Not nuts. That was so nuts. And then he was like, in this year, like he's going to go all the way out to Inglewood and he's going to win the Super Bowl there. And then Orville Redenbach remembers. How is he going to? How is he going to top his post-game antics from last year, like having an, a vodka avocado milkshake and then getting hammered off of one shot of vodka and then throwing the Super Bowl trophy from a boat? How is he going to do that? He did How not. is he going to beat that? Right. That's why he's going to lose because his after-game celebrations will never be as cool as that. You, dro- you drop the Lombardi trophy off a building in Tampa. I don't know. <laughs> and have Gronk catch it catch at the it, bottom? Yeah. First of all, he did not throw it. He completed a pass. I just want to make sure we're very clear on that. Touché. Another one. <laughs> Ryan Tamari will be in next week for your boys as we are on assignment at, I don't know, the beach. Yeah. That'll be sweet. Any final words, Van, before we go? Oh, my goodness. Too much for the time allotted, my friend. Ryan Tamari, anything? No, I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate good, it. Good job, everyone. GG. We will not see you next week, Burke. <laughs>